Welcome back to the Act Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a sailor who's taken warn, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, a red sky at morn, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing I'm doing just fine, Jack. That's great to hear. Now, full of vigor. Full of vim and vigor. Full of piss and vinegar? Sure. <sighs> Wouldn't it just be piss then? What? Because <laughs> if you're full of piss and vinegar, piss is just from the things you drink. So you're just full of piss all the time, right? I'm, well, I'm usually making piss. Well, that's the thing. You're either pissing or you're making piss. As my brother likes to say. I think he, I think he coined that phrase. I don't think he did. <laughs> well, can't be proved otherwise. It almost assuredly could, but nah, let's not dwell on it. No, we don't have to. I was going to say, the keen-eyed listeners will realize that that is a, is a opener I did was a, a continuation of last week's. Cause you, do you remember the last one from last week? Mm-mm. It was uh, about Red Sky at Night, A Sailor's Delight, and the other side of that saying that I got from the Dr. Seuss book about weather. Okay. It was Red Sky at Morn, Sailors Take Warn, which is a real saying, not just something fucking Dr. Seuss made up when he was cheating on his dying wife. I mean, are you sure about that? I looked it up. It's true. Okay. You, f- you sure about that? I'm 100% certain. Yeah, yeah. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. All right. Well, for sure. And one thing I'm sure about is how great the Flash was. Well... If by how great it was, you mean great, not very <laughs> great in a way that great and terrible is a thing that you <laughs> like great and terrible to behold. It it was great and terrible to behold. All right, so we saw the the Flash, the film, the Flash. Yes. Oh boy, what a movie! What a fucking film! We were late. We pulled a bullet train. We we're late. Don't tell you don't need to tell them that. That ruins our credibility, Jack. Oh, For all they know, we were there dead on time. We were there minutes early. We How had does to ruin our the credibility? Trailers. I don't know. Because we didn't see the whole movie, so Nobody, I can hold an opinion. Uh, not to quote our good show, Endor. Nobody's listening. The credibility. So, <coughs> The Flash. Where do, where do you even begin, Jack? So, well, let's begin, how about... At the beginning. Let's begin with the box office, why don't we, huh? Oh, okay. That's Just out of curiosity. The research you were doing before we started? That's here. the research I was doing. So, Perfect. The Flash seems on course... We're recording this on Saturday night. The Flash seems on course in its first weekend to do about 70 mil, which is not that impressive. Um, uh... Depending on how it finishes uh, strictly, it might be right around or below Transformers. Um, it's going to do about half of Trans or uh, Spider Verse, which absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, absolutely. Um, with like it was like almost 120 mil, which was like very very nice, right? Spider Verse like blew blew expectations out of the water. Yeah, about 120 mil, so almost double what um, Flash, Flash is on track to make. Um, it's a you know set against a 200 million dollar budget, you know. They're going to want to make a good bit of that back. Um, you know, people pointed out that we're in, like, a bit of a dense spot here right now. I mean, we've been seeing movies every week for months now. But yeah, some real heavy blockbusters with, I mean, the movies we've been talking about, right? Spider-Verse, Transformers, Transformers uh, The Flash, and then only a couple weeks from now, we're going to have Indiana Jones. So it's going to have a struggle. Dead Reckoning. Oh, yeah. And then Dead, yeah, just Oppenheimer, you know, Dead Barbie. Reckoning, Oppenheimer, Barbie. Like, it's going to be crazy here. You know, I mean, it's it's the summer. It's, it's the a summer movie summer. season, right? It is what it is. But, um... Yeah, we'll see if if this movie even like uh, stands to make a big profit, which it won't. Maybe not. I mean, I, listen from where our theater was. If you compare our theater for Spider Verse to our theater for The Flash, it was like night and fucking day. We were packed into that Spider Verse theater. There was nobody in our row. I mean, as we talked about, someone was sitting in our seat. Yeah, for The Flash, it was dead empty. I mean, we we could have sat. In any seat we wanted, pretty much uh-huh, in our row. Uh-huh. I could have laid across three of them. Like yeah, I was it would have been uncomfortable because not the AMC with the <laughs> lifter ones. But, I mean, you could have done it. I could have done it, It's about God. sending a message, really. Yeah, well, yeah. Some men just want to watch the world burn and, and so on. And I certainly do. Some men just want to watch The Flash. And I'm not one of those men. <sighs> now, but, 
I, I, I truly, I, I don't know where to begin, Jack. Well, let, let, let us begin at the beginning. Now, I don't mean the beginning of the film, because okay. I mean at the beginning of the Flash movie as a concept. Because sure. this yes. movie has been trying to get made for, oh, what, a decade now? Something like that. And every time they're like, we're pushing it back, we're pushing it back. And then it finally got filmed. And they were like, we, are, we got a movie, it's physical. And then Ezra Miller did all the things Ezra Miller did, which we need to tell you, listeners, you probably know if you listen to our show, mm-hmm. all the weird shit he gets up to and illegal, very illegal they? felony behaviors he gets up to. Um, I think they're they, Jack. They're they. Oh, right. Apologies. Um, forgot about that. Sorry. Right. They get up to. And, uh, but yeah, James Gunn says the best thing he's ever seen. And he made Guardians. And Stephen King liked it. Um, and I thought, no way, this can be good. And it wasn't. It wasn't good at all. It is literally one of the most offensive movies I've ever seen in my entire life, I think. Cool. Um, for Well, for a plethora of reasons, Jack. I love how intense you've gotten. Because it's, it's been a fun... Because we saw it together. So I've seen your progression of like how angry you've got. Because the more you've thought about the film, the more... Inf- and you started out pretty high. You were up here. To- I wasn't that high. So, okay. So for, for context, right after we finished, you immediately rated it on Letterboxd. And you give it a three, which I thought was... Even at the time, I thought it was egregious. I couldn't even believe my eyes. Because Jack, famously, if anyone listens to the show, they'll know. Jack hates everything and everything That's that we've true. ever even watched or seen or that I've ever um, subjected him to. So the fact that true. of all the fucking stupid-ass movies we've seen, The Flash was the one where he's like three out of five. Three out of five, not even bad. Like, that's a decent... I mean, uh, that's by definition above average, right? Yeah. And like, if you compare that to like, listen, not my favorite movie by any means, but Zack Snyder's Justice League, I think is, is infinitely more competently made film than this, you give that, like, half a star or something egregious. I did, I did. Almost purely, surely, based off of your, like, irrational hatred for Zack Snyder as an individual. Mm-hmm. As a I, filmmaker. I, I think that movie is so much better than this one that it's, like, it's incomprehensible almost. This movie is is god-awful, Jack. And I... I listen. And well, let's let the record show that it's not as I I changed that score. It's lower now because I thought about <laughs> it's it. It's Lower now because I shamed you f- sufficiently. Nah, we can't for once. That. You can't. I've only that. done that a couple. T- See, you've you've got a number of scores that I disagree with. I've only managed to shame you a couple times into actually changing it. And this is one of them. Thank God. Um, I'm not changing Hoodwink. We here's the thing. We enjoyed our time in there because it was well. At least I did. I'll speak for myself. Of course. It was so terrible at times that I thought it was kind of funny in and of itself. And then at other times, it wasn't that terrible, so it was fine. But overall, as a film, I, 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 I'll, I'll, you know, I'm free to, you know, admit that it was, it's a very, very bad movie. It's just, it, it's one of the few movies I've ever actually seen where I, I actually felt that effect of, like, so bad it was good at points where I'm just like, this is ridiculous and absurd, and I'm just having a good time seeing this with my good buddy Jack because what a stupid fucking movie. But... God, it's bad. It's bad. I think, because when I was watching it, I was like, there's a lot of things happening, a lot of pretty colors, and I'm like, well, my brain is enter- entertained. But then when you stop, when when they stop, when the movie ends, and you don't, and you just think about what you saw as a, as a narrative, you're like, wait, why did, well, that didn't make any sense, and that was bad, and like that a lot. And like, oh, well, once the colors go away, you realize how fucking terrible this movie is. Which, uh, yeah, if you turn your brain off... It's fine, but then if you think about it for even a moment, I, I hate that. You see, but I've always hated that. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think that's because that's not hard to turn your brain off. Because that's even the point. Because that's even the point. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Then you think of it, go, oh, that was awful. Um. Well, oh, a lot of terrible things with this All movie. Right. Let's just let's just try to run through it. So and let's begin at the beginning. In the beginning, yeah. it's 
it's look at this as Justice League. They're doing Justice League things, right? So, um, in Gotham, um, some of uh, what's his name? Al um, Falcone. What's he called? Falcone. Falcone's guys are stealing some um virus thing from a hospital, and the Justice League responds. So the Flash is there, and Batman's there, and they got it, and the Batman's messing with them. You know, it goes. And the Flash says to save a bunch of babies and horrible CGI babies. Oh, god awful! So, so awful. And that sets the, that really does set the tone. You know, if you had any doubt about like if the CGI was going to be tolerable in this movie, it does do the courtesy of letting you know right away that it won't be, because um, it's god awful. They all like like horrible little dolls. I hated it. Um, I didn't like looking at it. I didn't like looking at any of it. He's like shoving his face little burritos. It's a horrible, horrible scene. Yeah. Well, they, well, of course. Well, see they. They set up a, che- a nice little Chekhov's gun where he's 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 slowing down time. Well, he's in like a flash state where he's like hyper aware. He's in the speed force. Speed force. And then he looks at his little fucking wrist and there's like He looks at his Fitbit and the Fitbit's calorie. like, you need more calories. Flash. And then as he looks at that, at, as if on cue because it's a movie, the, like, the speed force weakens and time starts to return to its thermal pace for him. But when he eats a bunch of food, like he gets more power so he channels more speed force. Everything slows back down for him so he can move and get save everybody. And, I, and I'm glad that comes up later in a way we'll, we'll talk about at some point. So I won't go into that right now. Um, so he saves all these babies and a dog and a lady and puts a baby in a microwave. And and when he touches things, they move at a, at a speed he wants them to. Well, he kind of says he can't move them too much because, as you might expect, moving someone at like yeah. hyperspeed like that will kill them. Yeah. So he like he like touches them. He has a little. to kind of like barely touch the babies to get them and like move and like arrange them in such a way that they'll can catch them. Which I guess makes sense. So he does that, and then um, and then the guys in the Humvee and they go off the bridge, and mm-hmm. Batman catches them, and then Wonder, Wonder, Woman Woman's, Wonder Woman's there. Yeah. Um. So Gal Gadot's also in this movie. Ben Affleck's in this movie. Gal Gadot's in this movie. They're there. They're doing it. Um, Alfred's in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Irons, of course. Alfred is in this movie. It's fine. Um. So this is, I feel like, one of the big first uh, doses of the comedy in this movie, which is less of truth. So it's a less of, tr- it's less of truth, and it's like. This is my favorite scene. I um <laughs> didn't realize how much I hated it. I was thinking about it today. While I was at work. I was just I was like, what am I gonna talk about when we talk about this god awful movie that we just saw? And then I was like, oh, this is horrible. So it's fu- it's whatever. It's like, haha, look at the lasso of truth. They don't realize they're on the lasso of truth, so they're telling truths, right? Um, the thing I hated most about this is that in this scene, Batman says um something to the I don't remember exactly, but he says something to the effect of, oh yeah, I should um if I did just solve poverty, that would actually be a more effective way to solve crime. Um, I hate that. Uh, that's terrible. So I guess that's a funny joke, haha, right? People make about Batman, like, oh, why doesn't he use his billions to make uh, to solve poverty, right? That yeah. would solve. I get it, right? Haha, <laughs> funny. Um, so that's funny. It's like a real life like meta joke about the Batman. But if you have Batman himself within the universe say that, what does that even mean? Yeah, what is that? So Batman's freely admitting that he's not doing. He, all he could, could be doing better. That if he just did that, it would actually be better for everyone involved. What is that? So like he's just in, he's just insane. He's just like he he knows that he could be doing more, but he just wants to punch people. Is that it? I hate that. You can't have that in the universe because it breaks the whole thing. It breaks the conceit of it. The whole point is that Batman can't just do that. Yeah. Right. That's why the yes. And a lot of times, at least I think in the Nolan movies, he don't he does a lot of like donation stuff. Like mm-hmm. he does philanthropy outside of being Batman. He Definitely does. in the Nolan ones. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like he does. I'm sure in the comics he does it too. Also, there's that demon bat. Okay, it's not so simple. There's the demon bat they summon under Gotham. It's not so simple. And like, why do you? You can't solve a Joker with philanthropy, right? You can't get the Riddler and just be like, well, probably get Mister Freeze though. 
Maybe. Yeah, actually, for Two Face. If you just if you just solved Mr. Freeze's thing, he, his yeah, he'd be all right. But that's, only, I just, that's one guy though. I thought about it. And I was like, oh, you've just ruined Batman. Well, they you are... can't let Batman say that. Like, haha, I know I'm insane. I'm just a psycho. That's basically what he's saying, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a crazy person. It's not even about him. I just hated that. Um, and I, yeah, what you hated there? um Ezra Miller's little joke as well when he touches I Flash it touches it. Okay, like, I hate almost everything. I've I know what sex is as a concept. I hate. What? Almost everything Ezra Miller says in this movie. As you might recall, Jack, almost every time he spoke, I groaned audibly. I looked I, at you and you were just rubbing your eyes and rubbing your... At one point, you pulled out your phone right <laughs> near the end. I was like, man, we were really going south of his ex on his phone right at the end of the movie. I hated everything that um, The Flash says in this movie. Barry Allen and Barry Allen, they're both just the worst. Um, okay, but, so they well, do that. They and, make Barry Allen too goofy. And so we have this thing where... So it's, it's, it's Flashpoint and stuff. So it's like... Barry Allen, his mother was uh, murdered when he was a child, and his father was blamed for it's been in prison. So his father's up for parole, um, but it's not looking like he's going to get it because they have uh, this footage that Bruce Wayne was able to like reconstruct uh, for whatever reason. The security footage from the grocery store he was at was fucked up, but Bruce Wayne could fix it. But it also doesn't exonerate him because doesn't look his up. face isn't in it. Fine, I think that's dumb. I don't see how that would ever work in like a court of law anyways to just be like look my billionaire friend provided this footage that exonerates my father this will work right what no no surely not right that could be easy especially if the billionaire could just doctor the surely family. you could just doctor it but that's fine who cares whatever fine and so we get the whole exposition dump of like it's it's of the flashpoint and again barry's mom being killed so then barry allen just out of fucking nowhere is like i'm very upset about this so i'm gonna go back in time and then he does he he discovers time travel now this this movie, it seems to exist in some kind of... I guess it exists in the same timeline as the Snyder Cut, right? Yeah. Which course. is weird, because I didn't think they liked that. So, I, I just... I don't know how to feel about that. I found that, like, difficult to contend with, but... Odd and not a good choice, but it's DC, so... Because... I, am I wrong? See, I'm not seeing... Uh, to be completely honest, I don't I don't think I've ever actually fully seen the Justice League, the original Justice League Cut. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it. But... I'm pretty sure the Iris West scene and the Flash going back in time thing are added. are added are part of the Snyder Cut, not the original one. Both of which are referenced in this movie. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so he's like, remember that time I did the I went back in time in the in the Snyder Cut? Um, and so he does that again, but just way more. And he's like, maybe I can change time. And then we have seen with Bruce Wayne, um, where Bruce Wayne, Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne, right? Ben Affleck is like, Barry, you shouldn't go back in time because you're gonna ruin everything. And he's like, but I can fix it. And he's like, and he has a. I actually really like this. I like Ben Affleck as an actor. I think he's great. Right? Yeah. I think he gets like, a sh- short like end of Batman. I think he gets a short end of the stick as Batman in these movies. I think he's horrible in Batman v Superman because of the writing. But I think I think Ben Affleck does a good job for the most yeah. part with what he's giving. Uh, so I like this scene where he's like, Barry, you shouldn't do that. You know, these things we that you know that we've been through make us who we are. And he's like, Barry, there's nothing about you that's broken that needs fixing. You're a good guy. I really like that. I thought that was nice. Yeah. Um, also, it turns out he's just right. Oh, he yeah. He was 100% right. Because, so, and this is the thing. So, I feel like it's inevitable that I'm going to, I'm going to be inclined to compare this movie a bit to Spider-Verse. Because it's a very similar premise for a film that came out a couple weeks ago, just before this one, and infinitely better as a movie. Like, incomprehensibly so, better. And unfathom- unfathomably like, better. Like, again, night and day. And... In that movie, the whole point is that they're 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 wrong, and that Miles is probably going to figure out a way, right? Yeah. In this movie, Batman was just right the whole time, and Flash has to realize that. Yeah, Barry was just wrong the whole time. I 
fine. I don't know if that's super satisfying. I mean, we'll get to that later, but he does that, and then Barry Allen's like, fuck you, what if I did it anyways? And gonna do it. What do you know, Batman? The like, smartest man I know. So he meets up with Iris West again, and he does his thing, and he does this a lot throughout this movie. I absolutely despise it. The, 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 the writing in this film is atrocious, where he just exposits to, out loud um, in really, really obvious, like, horrible ways. It's like reading a comic book, almost. Yeah. Um, but instead of, like, the, the thought bubbles, it's just a out loud. A man talking. It's just a man talking. Whoever's in the room, you know, who gives a shit, right? Doesn't matter. Iris West, his roommates, whoever. Like, it just happens so many times throughout this movie where he's just like, but what if this, this, and that, and that? Okay, fine. So he does it. He fixes it. But then when he's fixing it, he is shoved back out of time. And he ends up in, I guess, 2014, more or less, whatever. The yeah. point is he's younger. And he's in a timeline where his mother and his father are fine and they're together. Now, I was thinking about this as well today. I guess it's ultimately whatever. But what about the him getting the can of tomatoes makes it so that his mother doesn't die if anything the only thing that would do is like keep his weaken his father's alibi i don't know like if you really think about it right the whole thing about the tomatoes is that his dad was out of the house and that way there's like a alibi that's unsupported but like if he's if his dad was just in the house the whole time and then why would his mom not get killed maybe he saves him or he could get attacked or the robber never comes in so here's the thing and like the guy, Andy, what's his name, has said now in interviews that, like, it is the reverse flash who killed Barry's mom. So how does how does his dad being there or not stop the reverse flash from killing his mom? I don't know. Stupid. Don't like it. I don't care for it. Anyways. <laughs> um, so he does that. And he just does the same. Again, I, the comedy in this one, it I, I don't care for it. I find it really bad. And I, again, he's just like... It's like he's not a real human being at times. Yeah, he's kind of erratic, weirdo. He's probably he's like, hey, mom and dad, let's go this and then we'll go to the park and then you push me on the swings. Oh, wait, well, you shouldn't put me on the swing. It's just, it's too much. He's just, he's just blabbering too much. And then we get the the worst aspect of this film, which is, look, at there's two berries. So then it's like we saw in the trailers, there's young Barry and old Barry and they're like talking to each other. Man. That's a that's a truly awful scene when they're talking to each it other. It is really, really rough at times. Let's tell There's a scene when they're in the Batcave. I mean, with Michael Keaton, Batman. You've seen the trailers, you know. Uh, spoiler. Uh, and he says something about their mom, and he freaks. Older Barry freaks out on younger Barry and like yells at him. But all the dialogue is so weird and clunky. And then like, there's a lot of weird shots. I'm like, what is this? What are we doing? There's no way of telling in you know how many of these shots in this movie. One of the berries is just completely Not real. fabricated, and it's ter- and especially in the final battle, you can definitely tell some of them are completely CGI at a lot of the points, and it just looks just god awful. Atrocious. So he's like, "We need to replicate the the accident to give you powers." Um, they haven't replicated. We gotta go and do. Well, it, they're right? just gonna go do it again, and so that's fine. Um, but it, in doing so, he accidentally older berry loses his powers, younger berry gets them. I guess so. Something I also come to think about today, I was like, um. Oh, so this is for those uninitiated. This is basically an ad- adaptation of Flashpoint, right? Yeah. Um, except in doing so, they removed or changed almost everything about Flashpoint that made it interesting. I think, and just it's like this horrible like shell of a thing that's left. Mm-hmm. So like you know, Flashpoint Barry doesn't. There's not two Barrys. Barry just is himself, just yeah. in a different timeline. You probably could have just done that. I don't know that it this movie ultimately justifies there being two flashes. I feel like I don't give a shit. Um, except at the end, in which case I do give a shit, but in the wrong negatively. Way. Yeah. I think it's bad. So they could have just done that just as easily. 
The other thing is, after that, they're like, okay, we need to make the Justice League. And he's like, oh, Aquaman doesn't exist in this timeline because, I don't know. Just does. Could have just put him in it, but fine. Aquaman doesn't exist. Uh, I can't find Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, I know Bruce Wayne is Batman, so we'll just go find Bruce Wayne Batman. So they do so. And, of course, it's, it's Michael Keaton, right? So this starts to think in this movie, which is, do any of these cameos, appearances, things, anything mean anything, anything mean? at all? No. Within the context of, like, a film. Oh. No. It's like and worse No Way Home. That's that's how I feel. And, and like, uh, I don't know. Maybe we are biased because, like, we like our Marvel stuff and we've always been DC haters. But I just... I Biggest DC hater over here. I just can't... I, I, I genuinely believe that Marvel does it better. Like, that if you compare the Marvel, the, the worst Marvel fan service moments, it's stuff like the Endgame Portals thing, right? Yeah. Which I think is pretty well set up by over a decade worth of films... Absolutely. That effectively culminate to that. Or you look at the No Way Home thing, which, while we've been fairly critical ourselves of it being, like, not that great of a thing, like, I, we've been directly critical of the idea that in the context of a singular movie like that, it is kind of like, is this anything or is this kind of, like, indulgent, right? Yeah. But I still think it, it's a little better than this in just the sense that, like, well, these are all the same character kind of thing. I mean, I, I again, we said this when we reviewed No Way Home, which was, like, there is an element of you have to watch all the other movies for this to mean anything. Like, yeah, again, any sort of emotional... As a standalone out. thing, this doesn't work as well. But at least it was Spider-Man interacting with other Spider-Men kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or like Multiverse of Madness, which was like, look at all these fun um, you know, cameos, which were then summarily like executed oh, yeah. as like a, you know, um, like a subversion almost, right? Yeah. Which is kind of fun in its own right. You know, we had all these things going into Multiverse of Madness where we're like, there's going to be a million, billion cameos. And it's going to be everyone and anyone you can think of. And then it wasn't. And I think that was also interesting. This is just like, what if Michael Keaton was Batman for a whole movie? Like he was before. Why, though? Right? Like, this movie's like, that movie's fucking 40 years old now almost. Um, Nothing against it if you're into like the Michael Keaton Batman movies. But like, why? I've never even seen them. If you really think about it, why did they do this for a whole movie? And like... I just, the original Flashpoint um, story, for people who don't know, is that Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne himself, right, is the one who's actually killed in the mugging. Instead of Bruce Wayne's parents, it's Bruce Wayne the child, and then his parents, um, his dad, Thomas, and then his mom, Martha, um, respectively become Batman, and, Batman the and the Joker, which is kind of an interesting subversion on it, right? Yeah. This one, it's just, he's still just Bruce Wayne, because he's just Michael Keaton, Batman, Bruce Wayne, but he's just older. Yeah. That's not anything. Like, ultimately, why? Doesn't really do anything for anyone. And he's got this whole thing where he's, like, reluctant to be a hero. And he's like, I don't want to be a hero. You know, I'm done with that. Um, I solved all the crime. Which, I guess, is interesting in its own right. The idea that, like, Batman plugged away at it for, you know, decades. And he actually solved it. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. But in general, the idea of, like, I'm Batman and I don't want to do it anymore. That, to me, is so antithetical to... Batman's whole thing. Yeah. If there was a single hero like superhero that i would ever expect to not give into the whole like the world doesn't even need me anymore i'm just gonna give it up kind of thing right it's batman because what batman beyond is he doesn't give up because he's like he's sick of it or whatever you look he's literally too old to do he it. literally does it until the last like until he's um is that the one where he's like he contemplates using a gun or uses a gun because he's yeah he's incapable of like physically keeping up and yeah. so he's like maybe i'll have to use a gun and that's when he's like he oh stops. whoa i clearly i gotta stop right that's, yeah, they said that Batman, who's, if this movie's any evidence, 
which, I mean, it's just, it's all made up. But, like, according to this movie, at least, Michael Keaton is still completely fit to be Batman. Yeah. He just gave up because he doesn't want to anymore. That, to me, is totally not something Batman would ever do. But that's fine. Um, Again, this is nothing, though. Like, his character in this is ultimately, it's nothing. I mean, he has, again, this, like, the barest hint of an arc, which is... I didn't want to be Batman anymore, and now I'm cool with being Batman again. You brought me back, as he says. Stupid. That's fucking dumb. There's no, again, that is that is not a lesson Batman should ever need to get from The Flash. No. I'm sorry. That's just silly. Like, what? <clears throat> All right. So they're also like, we need to get Superman. Uh, Superman. Because it's Zod. Because it's the day that yeah, Zod, Zod attacks. And we learned that Barry was there. He's like, we're kind in. He's like, I couldn't save anyone because I didn't know how to use my powers. I had a bad suit. So we gotta save everybody. We gotta find Superman. So they go to Batman's computer and they find in some like Soviet black site. They go break in and it's oh it's not Superman, Superwoman, Supergirl, Kara, and they break her out and she's like non plus. She's like I don't really like humans. I'm probably gonna team up with Zod, I think. And then she sees Zod. She's like mm, Zod's kind of a dick. I'll team up with you guys. And uh, yeah, they team up with Supergirl. All right, so let's talk about Supergirl. So Sasha, I believe it's. Sasha Kaye um, is Supergirl in this. Yes, she is. So, I was very excited for Supergirl. I thought she looked really cool in the trailers. Um, and she looks, indeed, really cool in the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I don't think I'm the first person to point out that she looks very attractive in this movie. That's certainly an element of the appeal, perhaps. Perhaps. And I saw going into this that a lot of people were like, she's one of the best parts of the movie, right? And I was like, sounds about right. Because, yeah, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash is... So, you know... And again, Michael Keaton's Batman is like, why the fuck are we doing this? But this was like a new, fresh individual, right? She's, if you can see from any of her interviews and stuff, very enthusiastic about being Supergirl. That's all super cool. That's yeah. always... That's what you like to see. It's always more fun. Um, So I was like, this is cool. Again, I, I think her costume looks interesting and neat and all this. And I was like, it's okay, they're like doing... like a skirt and a crop top. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I was like, they're doing, again, the Flashpoint kind of thing with Supergirl. This is all cool. This has potential. Um, Actually, watching the movie... I mean, I guess I still did enjoy her character on some level, but Dude. I was actually really kind of disappointed. I do not think it lived up to what everyone was saying about she like, really do anything. she doesn't do jack shit, um, ultimately. So she did do the flashpoint thing, which is that as a child, when they land, right, be it Superman or Supergirl in this context, they're captured by a government, a government. And this one, they changed it from the, US, the U.S. to just Russia, Soviet Union, because I guess more palatable. I don't know. And you lock them in a uh, thing for their whole lives, and then they never get sunlight, and they get all weak and and shitty. Right? Because Superman gets their powers from the sun. the sun. Okay, interesting. Except, I feel like this movie does a thing where it kind of treats Supergirl as just an alternate... It's like It does like the, the Spider-Verse thing. Mm. And just acts like Supergirl is just like an alternate female version of Superman. But that's not... That's not what she is. She has a fundamentally different origin. Yeah, which they, they kind of touch on. But yeah, the barest touch on. But this idea of like she lands, the, it just doesn't work for me because it's like, how long was she locked up? Because the difference between Supergirl and Superman in that sense is that she orbits the sun for a yeah, while. Yeah, Supergirl is not jettisoned from Krypton as Baby. an infant. She's already a teenager or whatever equivalent. And she's sent alongside Kal-El to protect her infant cousin. And then, yeah, if she gets in, like, a warp, warp wormhole, bullshit, whatever, time dilation thing, so that when she lands on Earth, she's still basically a teenager, but Clark Kent has now lived his whole life. Yeah. And so, they, I, I'm not going to lie, I've not read a hell of a lot, or really any, like, 
Supergirl comics directly, so I don't know exactly how she's fleshed out as a character, but in general, they do have that distinction of, like, Superman is raised on Earth for his whole life, and that's a fundamental aspect of his character that she doesn't share. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting for a second in this movie of, like, okay, Supergirl is, like, well, she's very violent, right? Yeah. Um, In the first fight scene, she's killing people, right? Which is not something Superman would ever really do. And I was like, I think that works. Again, she has this fundamental difference, which is that she was not raised on Earth. She doesn't consider herself an Earthling, a human being. And she was experimented on. And she was experimented. She has, yeah, both of those working together would make it so that she probably isn't the most cool with humanity, right? Which is fine. I mean, I, I there's always something like a bit unnerving about seeing like a super person like that just like creaming people. Because I'm like, well, you're just doing like a Homelander now, which is, yeah. you know. You're supposed to be Superman or Supergirl or whatever, but that's fine. Whatever. She's kind of evil. She's edgy. She's kind of. Don't we like edgy Superman? Not anymore. I'm I'm done with it. I've had quite enough. But that's fine. But as you alluded to, then she's like, I don't give a shit about humanity, which again has the, I think has the potential to be interesting because again, for the reasons I just outlined, like she should not have nearly as strong of a connection to humanity that Clark Clark Kent Superman would have. Yeah. And so she's yeah, I guess she's like, I'm gonna join Zod, and then she's like. Oh, Zod's a bad guy. I guess I shouldn't. Minutes earlier, she freely admitted that what Zod was doing was going to kill everyone. The entire human race. That terraforming the planet would kill everyone. Um, where the Flash is like, oh, Zod's going to kill thousands. She's like, he's going to kill billions. He's going to kill everyone. And she seemingly was okay with that. Fine with that. But then she walks up and sees them like shoot a couple humans. The military. Like, well, well, if they're shooting them, that's. That's I can't. no, that's not on. And then she comes back and she's like, well, Barry. You're not. Like, you as an individual are a decent guy, so I guess I'll fight for all of humanity. <laughs> Thanks, I guess? That's fine. Like, and like you know, I love the, you know, stories about, like, the, you know, inherent... Good and all. Re- yeah, re- like, redeemability of, of human beings, and, like, we are worth fighting for, maybe, and we're not as bad as we seem. I love that shit. But I just don't think this was earned in that, in this movie. Yeah, and the, the only part that... There is a part where Zod, like, actively says something that turns Kara against him. But that's not until after later she's, on. Yeah, she's already decided, which only could happen when they actually meet each other, which should have happened the whole time. And then it, if we're going to jump ahead again, just to talk about more Spider-Girl stuff, Supergirl, sorry. Um, she dies. Part of it is that she dies inevitably in this, and we see it multiple times. He just fucking stabs her with a little arm knife thing. I hated this. A little I, needle. I despise this more. Well, no, he's like stabs her with a knife thing, and then he has a needle thing that he gets her blood out of or whatever the fuck. I thought this was asinine. So... I assume the logic is because it's a Kryptonian knife, it can stab her. Yeah, and he's... But that's stupid, because the whole point is that Kryptonians are stronger on Earth than they are on Krypton, right? Yeah. So a Kryptonian weapon shouldn't be able to harm a Kryptonian on Earth, because they're not on Krypton anymore. Unless it was Kryptonite. Unless it was Kryptonite. But I thought it was. If it wasn't, it would fuck him up, too. Yeah. You can't, like, you can't even be near Kryptonite like that, because it, like, yeah, brings you back down to, like, normal human kind of levels. So I don't think that's what's happening. Me neither. I should never expand it upon. And he just stabs her. Like, that's all that... They're just like, how do we kill her for the purposes of this? Let's just stab her. Stab her a little tiny hole. Stupid. Like a pinprick. I really hated that. It's terrible. Um, Again, I kind of like the idea that, like, she's a little more aggressive. Like, she's a little more unhinged than Superman. Again, because she has that kind of inherent, like, difference to him. I would love if she returned um, to be this Supergirl character. Like, she's vying for... The Supergirl role in the upcoming movie, which I guess she doesn't actually have yet, which seems ludicrous. Ludicrous, but whatever. Send so it. DC shakeup, baby. Hopefully, they give it to her. I don't know. I, that would be cool. But as is in this movie, I, ultimately, I was like hoping that she would be one of the saving graces. 
Um, and I, again, I guess she is still something of a highlight in this movie, but that's not saying much. She shows Barry get his powers. She does. She flies him into a storm. But yeah, I just don't see, like that. Just heel turn of like, actually, Barry, why did you help me? Oh, because you're a decent guy. I will help you fight Zod. I mean, you could have gathered that. Like, you didn't think yeah. there was any decent humans. What do you even think like? that he broke you? He like saved you because he just was fucking around. Like what? So there you go, Saving Crow. Yes. Um. What else do we got? As you as you just said there, so Barry has to get his other powers back. So they set up an experiment thing. They do like the um. Also in Flashpoint. Time to a chair. Shoot him with lightning. And it doesn't work. And he's like, do it again. And then he can't because of Kite and Supergirl's like, I'll take you into the sky. Which isn't how it works because it's not It's not just the lightning. You saw the chemicals. The, the chemicals are what... The lightning just supercharges everything. That's it's just like the thing that explodes. But the, I don't expect this movie to know anything about anything. Because why the fuck would it? Um, and there's a point, I think when they're gearing up to fight, where like they do the... Cla- the, the best one of the best tropes in all of movies in which i mean the laziest thing is where two characters have a conversation about a secret a third character doesn't know and then sort of that that character is hiding in a place that you wouldn't expect them to be and hearing the whole conversation which will be revealed later that's just my barry's like yeah i'm lying to other barry you're i came back because my mom died and Mm -hmm. i wanted to save her and i'm fucking everything up and mckin's like "Ooh, can't tell him that that sounds no good probably don't tell that boy that you fucking weirdo um, also, the whole time, I'll say, uh, there's like a weird other speedster that knocks Barry, that like is fucking with time, and Barry keeps having dreams about. He's like, what's this guy about? And we'll get back to him later. Uh, so then they make a suit of a Batman thing. Looks like garbage. Looks like absolute fucking shit. Which and I guess is intentional, but why? Don't do that. You don't need to make it shitty on purpose. Yeah, they cut the, hor- the cowl ears off. It's awful. Uh, they do a battle with the military's fighting them. I'm, I'm falling asleep talking about this movie. <laughs> uh, and they're doing flash stuff. Barry's trying to teach other Barry how to. It do looks it. terrible. All of it looks horrible. This is where the CGI is at its absolute worst. It's like they didn't have fucking two fucking nickels to rub together for this movie, and not like it cost two hundred million dollars. Um, again, maybe you could have cut some of that down by like not having to CGI in a second, a whole second person for half this fucking shit. Maybe I mean just saying you didn't. Well, you well, just didn't need to have two Barry Allen's in this. As you, I don't know what we talk about, but like he again. I need to reiterate. He, I find him to be entirely intolerable in this movie. Yeah. Um, the young Barry is like worse. He's so much worse. And as you said, like in contrast, it seems like the the older one is more serious. Except we know who the older one's like because we've seen the other movies in the beginning of this movie and stuff. He's also the same. And I guess part of the logic here is that he has a moment pretty early on where he's like, "Oh, you're annoying." I guess that's what I'm like. And then maybe he changes after that, but. I just, I can't take it super seriously. Because I'm like, I know you're an annoying piece of shit too, Barry. You're not going to fool me yeah. by being like, oh, I this saw- guy's even worse. Actually, look good at all this fella. It's like, mm, hold on. Hold on a minute. I saw everything that just happened. I saw it, Jake. Yeah. It's just, it's just, eh. And there's a lot, there's too much like, wow, that's how I talk. It's like, shut up, man. Just stop it. You don't have to. Yeah, you could just not. Everyone's not like that. Like, he's not this, like, absolute, just bumbling idiot. Or Wally West. Wally West is more goofy. I think I said as much some capacity. Maybe not on the podcast. I, again, I guess I just understand on some level that maybe the, the thing they're going for there is here's the Barry who had a happy childhood because his mom didn't die and his dad didn't go to prison. And then here's Barry Allen who, the opposite. His mom died and his dad went to prison and so he's traumatized and he's he's lived this entirely different life and it's affected the way he acts. Yeah. Except again, everything else we've seen of initial Barry is that he is still pretty much goofy as well, so... 
It's just in contrast, they're like, well, now he needs to be like straight man to even Domerberry. I hate it. And again, half the the dialogue is atrocious, and the stuff uh, on some level, I can't even tell when, if or when it's Ezra Miller's fault or not, because I think what they give him is just crap. It's just crap most of the time, mm. and like. I don't know how you're supposed to carry off that thing where you're, like, in a room yelling to yourself, but there's other people in the room. Like, that's just, again, it's just atrocious. The way that they talk to each other most of the time in this movie is absolutely ridiculous. Like, no human being's ever said anything like the things they say. And I guess that's intentional sometimes, because he's, like, he's also got this thing where Young Barry has these made-up slang terms. But why? Why are you, why are you, why are you doing all that? Yeah, they're from an alternate time. They have an argument about Back to the Future... He keeps saying that it's a, because obviously it's a different timeline, so a different person plays Marty McFly. That's a point of contention. That's how he figures it out. That's the big reveal that he's in a different timeline, that he fucked up the past. It's like, well, yeah, you didn't realize that? No nuts. Come on. Um, uh, the I, I remember I mentioned the calorie thing earlier. That never comes up again. Never. I did a little mister. I did, I did a, the thing in the movie did. I mean, it comes up in the sense that there's multiple times where Barry is like eating. But then in terms of like a Chekhov's gun kind of thing, it's never used to great effect in this final battle. Mm-hmm. The thing is switched out for instead of like Barry being hungry, it's Barry, you're building up too much static static. And so you got to like sh- shoot it out every so often. That's not the same thing, but not at all. Not even close. Fine. Uh, so then they're in the battle and things are going south. Supergirl dies and Batman dies. And they're like, oh. fuck, we got to go back. So they go back in time and they try to fix it. They try to save Batman. They warn him. But he dies anyway. Like, he just dies. Like, like fuck. Then they're both in the time bubble. And then uh, younger Barry keeps jumping out and trying to fix it. And as he keeps going, gets more and more injured. And more shrapnel gets attached to his body. He looks a lot like the one from earlier. The one who attacks Barry the first time to push him into the past. And the one who sees in his dreams. And what do you know it? Because it's a fucking time travel movie. It is him the whole time. It's just he ke- it's, he's been in a time loop forever, reliving the same battle, trying to make everybody live and to win. And he can't accept that sometimes you lose and, you know, you can't solve a solution. Also, that was a dumb fucking thing, that, like a little message they had when Barry's like, well, I, there's so many options for what the 24 equation is. And he's writing all these things. It's like, all right, you're doing too much, Barry. It, it, it does have a solution. You just gotta not do all the things. Have ADHD medication, you lunatic. Jesus Christ. Like, it's not that the solution has no answer. Is that there is an answer and it's you can't win. Like, I... I, th- I mean, a question like that has a lot of answers, but it still has a finite number of answers. Yeah. There's not an infinite number. That's not how that works. And I'm, I, I'm probably... It's probably that... It probably was like, do it in multiples or a very specific re- way yeah. they wanted it done, but... Whatever. I, yeah, I didn't, like, I, the ultimate, like, and I guess it's not that far off, again, from the comic, but I seeing it play out on screen, I guess I couldn't help but think that, like, the ultimate message of this movie is kind of fucking bleak. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, it's just, when it's a classic, like, oh, look at, um, the Dark Flash was me all along, or Young Flash, whatever, because, and it's a paradox, which is stupid, um, because, like, why? You didn't need to put a paradox in your movie. Like, paradoxes are, I mean, they're paradoxes for a reason, because they're, like, hard to understand and don't make any sense and kind of derail the whole thing, but that's fine. Just mm. put in a fucking paradox where Barry oh. created this Barry, but also then that Barry has to create himself. Stupid. Hate that, but whatever. Um, also, he looks like straight dog shit. The Dark Flash in this movie does not look good at all. Like, it's yeah. stupid. Kind of like Doomsday. Yeah, the literal idea is that he's just covered in, like, shit. Yeah, just random shrapnel. Whatever. From his 
infinite battles with Zod and the Kryptonians, so fine. But yeah, the ultimate collu- conclusion, because the the multiverse starts collapsing in and of itself, and all the different planets, all the worlds, 52, whatever, the two universes probably. start s- smashing into each other. And this is where we get the best part of the movie. This is the w- the worst thing. Um, one of the worst things ever committed to film, maybe, <sighs> argu- arguably, is they give us glimpses, little bare glimpses into these other universes. And it's just the worst fucking things they could come up with, frankly. It doesn't make sense on why None it's happening. Ha- not a one of them. So we have, let's calm down. We've got Christopher Reeves. Well, before that, we oh. have George Reeves. Oh, who was yeah. a Flash on a TV sh- or um, Superman on a TV. Okay, first of all, mind you, straight up. Uh, not a single um like actual pre-existing Flash cameo, if you believe it or not, in the Flash movie. Um, i.e., most notably Grant Gustin, who was the Flash in the CW for like over a decade now. Um, just finished up. They did not manage to squeeze this fucking guy in, um, even though Ezra Miller appears in the Flash TV show. They get everyone but so starting with George Reeves. Now this is a particularly horrible one for a number of reasons. First and foremost, being he the man is dead and has been dead so for decades. So, reviving him with CGI and putting him in this movie for no good reason. Um, that's one where, again, I don't even... I, I can't even understand what they were going for with something like that, right? Yeah. Because not only is it not, like, fan service that most people would ever care about, it also is just, like, weird and disrespectful, right? Like, it's it's the worst of both worlds. Because there's a lot of talk of, like, look, this is, like, disrespectful, and they're, you know, like, clearly, like being disrespectful of these people's memories for, like, money. And I, I don't disagree with that. But in, also, I feel like there's no money to be had here, right? Yeah. What money are they getting for doing something like this? Like, I just, I can't even understand why. Why you would, why? Like, who who is alive that gives a shit about the George Reeves Superman show from the 50s? I certainly don't. I didn't even notice. Also, he's also, like, he's also, two the first two cameos, they're all, they're both doing the same thing as Barry's doing. They're, like, going back in time. Why are they doing that? I don't understand that part. Uh, we see him, and then and then it's also Jay- I, I didn't even finish. It's yeah. also despicable because um, George Reeves maybe uh, can kill himself because oh. he like felt like trapped and and like his career was ruined by playing Superman. Superman. Oh, so dear. you know, take that which as you will. Hmm? But James Gunn said it was a good. Then it, it can't be bad. If- Just again, there's no one who wouldn't have seen this movie who is gonna because of this. I just can't understand why you would do that. Why you feel the need to do that? So then the other one is um, Christopher Reeve, who also dead, dead individual. Uh, and once again, instead of just using like a clip from the from the Superman movies that they could have easily done, they also make him a horrible CGI mannequin of a wax figure of a man for no good reason. And also, um, what's her name? Uh, I played Supergirl. Supergirl from the from the movie from the eighties as well. Uh, it looks like Helen Slater. Helen Slater. She's also there. Also a horrible um, CGI individual. Mm, just. And then they do less, um, like, offensive to, like, like God and man. But also, equally dumb, is it's Nicolas Cage. Yes. From the Tim as, Burton? Movie? Yes. From the Tim Burton uh, Superman movie that he was almost in. So it's it's Nick Cage. He's got long hair. And he's fighting a big spider. Briefly, and it's a whole like it's a whole thing, right? It's a, drawn it's a whole out. like drawn out um, sequence, more so than the other ones get, which is from the from I think it was from Superman Lives, right? Yeah, which is a movie that never got made, as you might imagine, as as, as people might remember. 
It's a film that no one's ever seen because it doesn't yeah. exist. It never existed. Where Nicolas Cage was almost Superman. And they put him in. Again, that's that's insane. That's absolutely impenetrable. That's How many nothing. people would understand what they were seeing there? And they have to be at least our level of like at least stupid meta bullshit. To, to be like, to know that Nick Cage was almost but never was Superman in a movie that almost but never came out like 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, what? Why? Why, was... Why didn't you put Grant Gustin in this movie? You could have just done that. He's not dead or like, like that's... Uh, I'm like we almost put Cesar Romero or like Jack Nicholson in. What are you, what are you doing? There's a little, there's a little bit of the Adam West universe we never see in Adam West. That seems at least to be archival in some way, right? Yeah. Again, this is just like nonsense because not only is it not like meaningful to the story, or again respectful to actual real life um, dead human beings, it also just has no good reason. It doesn't make any story sense because they're all just standing and watching him do this. It's not even, but it's not even like it doesn't have any good story sense. Which again, I'm sure a number of these cameos could be argued the same. It also doesn't. It, it's just not even like interesting or like a bit. You know, it's not a big like. Whoa, look! I'm gonna point at the screen kind of moment. Because who cares? Yeah. How many people see this movie? Give a shit about George Reeves being in this? That's inconceivable, frankly. Oh yeah. It's, how do you even get past that? It's just. So then Barry's like, I guess I just have to undo it all. Which, so I guess he just needed to learn this lesson by, like, seeing it all play out a million times and going poorly that, like, oh, I guess I can't change it. But I, and again, I understand that, like, Flashpoint is a similar thing. Mm. But a key difference in Flashpoint is that Barry doesn't understand what's happened until, like, the end. Like, it's something he has to puzzle out. It's not like this where just from, jump. from the jump, he knows what he did and what the consequences of it has been. In the comic... Across the course of the whole thing, does he realize, oh, this was me. I did this by changing my mom. I have to fix it. And this one, he just goes through the whole timeline, again, until the very end being like, this is fine. We'll just work with in the confines of this. Yeah, I'll just try to do the best I can with the knowledge that I know from a universe that isn't this to fix everything. Which is obviously dumb. But perhaps even dumber is that at the conclusion of it, I, again, I understand this is how the comic ends, but the fact that he's just like, I guess I'll just put it back. I'll just make sure my mom does die. My mom's got to die. That is weird. I mean, I, I kind of understand with, like, <laughs> Dark Flash was coming from in that sense. Like, well, that is a weird thing to do. Just be like, and then I'm going to make sure our mom dies. Okay. Again, I'm not totally sure how, like, the tomatoes is the key thing that saved her life. And, you know, indefinitely, but. If it's, if it's the reverse Flash. If it's the reverse Flash, it doesn't seem like that should matter. But what do we know? We're not screenwriters. No. We're not genius screenwriters in the Flash. So he fixes it all. The best scene in the movie this is a scene that we loved, I think. I know. Well, so, I Flash, well, no, but first, young Flash kills himself right, that's true. to save himself from himself. And I just, I don't care because it's like, why should I? Because mm -hmm. Flash is like, I, Barry, I sacrificed myself to save you so that you can destroy my whole timeline. All right, you're going to die. I, I, <sighs> so, what do you think of his mom, generally? Uh, I have no strong, like, fine, I guess. I don't know. Just, I thought she was kind of nice. I, I didn't see, like, feel like, oh, she's a nice mom kind of thing. But I, even then, I didn't like, I did not like when he meets her in the supermarket and they have, like, a weird heart-to-heart. -heart. That felt wrong to me. Yeah. Again, part of it's just because Ezra Miller is there doing the th thing he's been doing all movie, and that's kind of gross, just generally. Like, it's all, like, it's just, again, kinda it's hard to, like, watch him do anything. Nonsense. Yeah. But then also, it's just... I, I don't know. It's weird. I mean, the fact that she thinks he's just like some random. Some rando. I guess it's like the. <laughs> it's like the scene in Endgame where Howard Stark thinks that Tony Stark Tony is, is just a random guy. 
but like done way worse done worse and i don't know i just couldn't help like i I guess that was a good emotional moment but also i couldn't help but not just be cringing the whole time so i i couldn't say i wouldn't be able to say one or the other yeah just gives him a hug he's just a a man walks up to her and is weeping and then he makes sure she dies and she does but in doing so he decides he's going to change a different but more minor thing and see how that works out it doesn't but (laughs) does the thing we said earlier where bruce wayne's footage exonerates his dad basically because he looks up. He, he looks moved, up. He moves all the tomatoes. He moves the camera. Or no, that's what he says. Yeah. The tomatoes got moved to the top shelf. Which then he freely admits to fucking reporters afterwards. Because why Why not? Again, he's just an insane person who just spouts nonsense, you know, whenever he challenged can. on any level. And then um, he gets a call from Bruce Wayne. And, and Bruce he's like, I'm like, here to get you. You did it, but we did it, guys. He's like, oh, come meet me, Bruce. And, who, and Bruce Wayne appears in a car. He gets out of the car. And, and who do we find? But it's not Ben Affleck. It's our good friend, George Clooney. So. Why, Jack? Why? What could possibly be the purpose for that? Do you think? Um, in, your, in your opinion. Uh, it's a funny way to end the movie. Even though it just shows that Barry has to go back and put his father back in prison forever. Because Otherwise, the, the man he knew is essentially gone forever. Yeah. Tough dilemma, huh? Again, Batman was just right the whole time, it turns out. Yeah, you don't fuck the Flash with time. never figures a way around this, right? Mm-hmm. Like the whole time, he just everything that he does seems to prove that you can't you cannot mess with anything on any level. <laughs> Everything's got to happen the way it's supposed to happen. I, I guess, and this is another thing I kind of have with this movie, which I guess is not its fault in a vacuum, but I'm going to hold that against it anyways. Which is like, of course, what is this universe at this point, right? Oh, it's absolutely fucking dog shit. Like, is again we talk about like it. References to Snyder Cut, that's never getting resolved, though, mm-hmm. but the actual, like, second part of that. It, you know, it has George Clooney now. Is George Clooney going to return ever again as Batman, or is this just a funny cameo that I'm supposed to just ha Like, is Ezra Miller, frankly, going to be the Flash ever again? Is I, Gal Gadot or Jason Momoa? I don't understand where any of these characters exist right now, what mm-hmm. kind of limbo they're in, but I just, I feel like I, I cannot feel strongly about any of this stuff. I'd be yeah. like, look, it's fucking... We're resetting everything or whatever. It's fucking George Clooney. From the universally agreed upon worst Batman movie ever made. Yeah, Batman and Robin. Is anyone excited about that? This is what I mean. Like, who's this for? Who's this nostalgia bullshit for? Because it's not people our age who presumably are the biggest audience seeing movies like this. Mm-hmm. Who are like, I mean, except maybe there's individuals who were very young. Like, oh, I saw Batman, v Super, or, uh, Batman and Robin when I was young and I liked it just fine anyways. But it's a really, really, really bad movie. So oh, yeah. why Please. why George why George Clooney? And uh, apparently they had like multiple endings of this planned out that they were potentially going to use. Yeah. Um, one of which was going to have Kara and Henry Cavill and Michael Keaton as the new one, apparently, huh. which is still bad. Yeah. Um, not great. Let's see. I don't know. It's largely irrelevant. But yeah. <laughs> there was at least. There wouldn't one, have been any good ending. There was at least one where it was. Or I think there was two different ones where it was going to be Michael Keaton. And I just, I can't understand what the point of that would be. Like, is he intending to continue this role on any extent? Because there was also that thing where, he do you remember he was in Aquaman 2? I didn't know it was Aquaman 2. He's not now. They've removed him. He was in there and then they've now completely excised him from that. And that's potentially why they caught him out of this movie too. But then it's just like, why? He was in Batgirl, right? Yes. I thought, I think he was in Batgirl. We'll never know. And so it's like, what? Why? Why are we doing any of this? Why would you do any of that? Is it because Ben Affleck doesn't want to be in these movies? But, like, does Ben Affleck want to be in these movies less than 
Michael Keaton? Michael Keaton? Like, surely for the same amount of time you're going to need Michael Keaton, you could also just use the same time and money to get Ben Affleck back. Right? One would think, but who knows with that Hollywood stuff. Instead of just being like, let's get this, like, 70-year-old man because nostalgia. Again, but nostalgia for whom? People don't see these movies. And it's not, I mean, we remarked, we talked about this, oh my god, the movie. Very fun uh, that, uh, like, a decade ago, Michael Keaton made a movie called Birdman that won an Oscar all about this kind of concept where being Batman kind of ruined his uh, acting career. And then he was like, eh, I'm actually, actually, I'll just do Batman again because they spelled my name right on this big check. So I guess I'll do it again in like three movies, maybe, and only really appear in one. What, is, what even is this? What, what's, what's even the point of any of this? And like, there's no, again, there's like no emotion to this because he just lets his mom die and that's it. He saved his dad. I guess that's the big thing, but. I don't know. Like again, the the initial idea of Flashpoint is that in that like he destroys that universe, but it's mostly the same. There's not all this stuff of like those new individuals. And again, that's that's part of the reason I feel like Supergirl is poorly used because Super Supergirl and Michael Keaton Batman both should exit the story in that part where they're trying to save them. And then they're like, ah, I just we just can't. And that's it. We never see them again. Yeah. Again, they don't appear again like apparently they were initially going to at one point. So they just die. Like for all we know, Kara and. Michael Keaton, Batman, who are characters we've, like, supposed to have grown to like over the course of this movie, are just wiped from existence. And they're dead and gone. That's weird. Like, how am I supposed to feel about that? Yeah. Bad, maybe? I I guess. Like, because, again, he had to, I guess. He had to let him die. Something about it just feels so much more, like, bad. So so much more, like, morbid than the comic, even. Oh. Like, it's all fucked. Get rid of it. We give up. I'm starting over. Like... And again, yeah. Why is it George Clooney? Why is it? Why is it? There's no good reason. There's not even a. There's not a single good reason you could even convince me of. And again, I just at this point, I don't think any of these characters almost at all are going to carry over. At least their actors, I should say, the characters mm-hmm. will. But like, so why do I care? I again, I would be surprised if George Clooney ever appeared in any one of these ever again at oh, this yeah. point. But what do we know? Um, what's not a good thing of this? Oh, all the pasta stuff. <laughs> the pasta stuff was great. Um, there's like. More spaghetti references than one would expect in a Flash film. I would never have guessed, frankly. But uh, I loved it. Uh, I had a fun running bit where I always say that the best part of any movie is when all the characters get together and have a big old pasta dinner. Just big old plates of pasta. Uh, and they did it. They literally do it. Michael Keaton Batman is making spaghetti. He eats spaghetti when he sees his parents again. He's always eating spaghetti. He's always carving up, which I guess you'd need. Um, they use spaghetti to explain time, the time travel and multiverse thing. With nexus points in time, mm-hmm. it was, I guess that I guess the screenwriter was hungry when he wrote this part of the script. Must be, must have been. The only good part of the movie is them eating the spaghetti, but not them talking. They're not the I scenes, don't like it. Not the scenes where they eat spaghetti, just them eating. The he spaghetti. shoves his whole face full of a bunch of spaghetti. Well, that's not, not pleasant. That's not well, maybe not that scene, but there's a scene where he, that's the, he twirls it on his face. There's one where he's eating with his parents. There's more than one spaghetti scene. I was very keen on it. It's two. This is the only good part of this movie where he's spaghetti, but not the scene where he eats spaghetti. There's two scenes where he's spaghetti. What did I just say? What did I just the only say? one of them's any good. That's your saying. Yeah. You just said you like the Batman one, but the Batman one's the one where he stuffs his face full of it and it's kind of gross to watch, frankly. Who cares? I do. I'm telling you right now. Well, I'll just cut I'll cut it out, so I'll leave the part in where I'm right. <laughs> so uh, Worst DC movie ever made? It's it might it might be. Like so if we compare it to some of the other ones we've seen, right? Black Adam. Black Adam. Shazam. They both also have this problem of like, what universe is this in? Why do I care? Why is Gal Gadot in this? Why is Henry Cavill in this? You know, are you are we doing this or not? Yeah. What the fuck's the point? Why do I care? Like, and that's been the case for like, you know, 
obviously going on a year now of, of DC where they're just in, in limbo and it's like you still have to put these projects out like they're still going to do Aquaman 2 but it's like why should I give a shit about Aquaman 2 is is Jason Moe going to be in any of these movies going forward what? he's going to be Lobo so I, I think compared to those ones it has the other problems like I said but also I think it's uh, simultaneously more interesting maybe and, and much worse at the same time right because yeah. again because of like the it's so bad it's good kind of effect um, Black Adam and uh, Shazam 2 in particular I found to be just completely like mind-numbingly terrible uninteresting not even terrible that's what I mean like oh, and I've seen some people say that about this movie that like oh it's bad but not even an interesting way bad I couldn't disagree more like this is bad and I think in an interesting like fascinating you know morbid kind of curiosity way whereas mm-hmm. like Shazam was just nothing it was just it was just so completely like mundane to me uh but again, at the same time, it's like more interesting because this movie is like such a train wreck for me most of the time. Like almost every aspect of it, I'm just like, this is bad. It looks bad. Everyone talks bad. The script's bad. That it's just like so everything is so low quality, horrible to behold. Whereas Fear of the Gods is like it's just a movie. I get it. Mm. I don't. I just don't have nearly as strong of opinions about it. But you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Do you, do you agree? Like in Black for Adam, sure. I I liked a little bit more. But again, it's the same thing where it's just like it didn't leave a lasting impression of anything. Whereas this one, I think, is much worse. <laughs> so it's going to leave that lasting impression at least. But again, I also think it was more interesting because I'm just like, it's like you can't look away, right? Mm, absolutely. Again, compared to those other ones, like Fear of the Gods did absolutely nothing for me. I was like falling fell asleep. asleep in yeah. yeah, I briefly fell Literally. asleep in that movie. <laughs> this one, at least, was just like, what a, what a mess. I can't look away. Yeah, like at least... At least you, yeah, like you had a morbid curiosity. It was very much like you remarked, like, like it just does all the things that everybody says Marvel does, but like mm-hmm. in the worst way. Again, like I said, like compared to Spider Verse, it has it's just it says a lot, but it's night and day. I'm fond of that expression, but I, it applies here. I feel it, again, if you actually look at the quote unquote um, fan service in that in, in both of those movies, for that matter, it's almost all self-contained ultimately, right? Yeah. Or, like, very well explained within this. So, it's, it is very, very rarely relying on, like, what about this? Right? I think the worst examples, or, or best, whatever you call it, are, like, um, Donald Glover Prowler, right? Mm-hmm. Which is is ultimately so inconsequential and inoffensive that I don't think it matters one or the other, right? But also has, like, significance to people who know. To people who know, right? If it if you don't know, you know that's fine. It's just like, wait, why is... Donald Glover in this, but if you know, it's fine. I think that works because also he's not a, a dead person that they're reviving. So I don't yeah, think it's he's a real as, person. He's in it. He's in the movie for ten seconds. I think it's fine, right? Yeah. Or like the the other live action ones, where it's like, look at they're doing Venom. Look at it's it's it, oh Venom was uh, Venom's actually Venom's not great, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> you can't win them all. You can't win them all. Um, I was gonna say the like, look, it's Andrew Garfield, right? I think that's fine. Ultimately, again, especially for the exact point they were underlying in that scene in the movie, which is, look, all the Spider-Men all have this moment. Literally, here's a Spider-Man having that moment. It works completely within the context. It's not overbearing. Mm -hmm. Again, these ones are like, they range from, um, okay, either just like nonsensical or like, again, actually like offensive when they're not both. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And okay, the fact that this is a Flash movie that seems so much more concerned with talking about Batman and Superman, I it, that's the biggest thing. Like, why are they the ones we're focusing on? Like, I don't. It's because like they're the flagships of DC. It's the two of them. I'm like, what? It doesn't make any sense. It's it's. it's too, I don't know what. No one knows what they're doing. I don't know. Think anybody who made this movie 
knew what movie they wanted to make or what were trying to make or if they had any fucking plan. Again, it's just Flashpoint, but so much worse on every level. Like, every character in that is a half-baked, like, bastardized version of the character from the actual thing and mm-hmm. less interesting. I mean, there's no, like, Aquaman-Wonder Woman war in this. No singing of Europe. The best part of Flashpoint. Yeah, interesting. Cyborg's not in this at all either. Like, again, it's just like, what if Batman was just older and what if Superman was the girl? And and only f- and two and Flash. And there's two of Flashes. Like, again, it's kind of an interesting... And maybe you can't do that now because it would be so obvious or it's so well-known at this point, but the Flash of... Or the twist of Flashpoint is, oh my god, it was Flash all along, right? Again, this movie completely, like, upends that because the Flash knows it's him all along and then at the end he just realizes he has to fix it. Instead of, at the end, he comes to, like, he finally gets all the pieces like, oh, I have to fix it. He knew the whole time he could have fixed it and probably should have and just didn't want to. Which, again, is fine, but, like, I, I don't know. Something about... I guess that's what makes it so unsatisfying. The whole movie, he's like, well, I have to save my mom. And then he's just like, I guess I won't be saving my mother. This will be fine. I don't know. I didn't like it. I, I, but it, And it doesn't make a ton of sense because he doesn't belong in that universe. Because he actively always is trying to leave. Well, it's like, is it a different universe or is it just a different... Is it the altered timeline of it all? Like, I... I, I, I think it's a different... I don't know. I, I, it's impossible to If say. it's a different universe that continues to exist even after he leaves and fixes things, that's fucked because it's just ruined. I think that's it's just a universe where Todd wins, I guess. Because I think he says, I think it's like, this world just dies today. That's just how this one goes and I have to just go back to mine. Which, again, how does it work? How does he jump in? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It's, it's time travel. It's awful. Confusing. Because, <laughs> yeah, it, Michael, cause all the explanations contra- seem to contradict each other. The things that they do, it, it's awful. It's terrible. It's, again, like, even just all the other stuff aside, like, horrible CGI, bizarre, needless cameos that are, again, like, at times, literally, they're bringing people back from the dead for no reason. Mm-hmm. It's just not, I, I really believe that it's, like, the, the overarching plot itself is just, again, a completely watered down, like, bastardized, and just worse in almost every dimension version of Flashpoint. the actual Flashpoint thing. that They could have just probably adapted a little more faithfully and been interesting, but it seems like they were more concerned with Michael Keaton and they're like, "Ooh, remember Michael Keaton, Batman, Tim and Burton?" There's two flashes. Oh, I will say my favorite uh, line of the movie is when he says, "You want to get nuts," and then bats fly behind him, and he said, "Let's get nuts." I totally forgot about that. That's I another one which he's like, "I I laughed because it was the dumbest that's thing nonsense, I've ever seen." Right? It doesn't make any sense. It's so fucking stupid. There's a lot of shit that people say in this movie like that, where it's like you're just saying a thing for like a clip or like a reference. That's not a thing anyone would ever say in this context. He just says, I'm Batman. Why on earth is that, like, accurate? It's just because it's a dumb meme in the real world. Like, ha, why did Batman say this? Isn't this a funny thing Batman said? They may as well have had him ask if, if he'd ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Like, I'd... Why would he say that? Why would he say, you want to get nuts, let's get nuts? The Flash doesn't know that. That's a thing you said once as when you were Bruce, like, you were Bruce Wayne Bruce disguised, Wayne. like, 30 years ago. Why would... Why would... Why would... Why would Ezra Miller know that? Why would anyone, anyone's going to know that, Batman? Do you do? Who, who's that. that for? But then again, he just dies. He's dead. He's dead, I guess. His universe is dead. Fuck, dude. I don't... I wish I wish we were dead watching that movie. They could have maybe just put fucking... They probably should have just had the first Flash be in this. Like, again, yeah. Dark Flash is atrocious and nothing and stupid and dumb. Have some kind of, then you could have two Flashes, but one of them would be a villain and interesting. Not just, at some points, three Ezra Millers on screen at once. Of varying timelines and ages. Also, the healing is just—I mean, it's inconsistent. He's like, yeah. "You can heal," but sometimes it takes him 
His, he has a scar, but why does he have a scar if he can heal really fast? He heals instantly from a lightning bolt to the chest, but he gets shot in the leg and he takes like hours to heal. He can't heal till the end of the fight. Doesn't make any sense. Who fucking cares? Got anything else to say? Probably move on. I just hate everything they say. I hate it. I hate the way they talk. At one point, um, the Flashes say to each other, um, hello, Barbie, let's go party. Yes. Why? What is that? I don't know. Who are all these fucking jokes and things for? Like, it's fucking non... It's 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 incomprehensible the way they speak. It's nothing. It's they truly just, nothing. It's, it's like... It's like... You know what it is? It's as if every single person in this movie is just talking, like, past each other. No one's actually ever having a, a conversation even once. Oh, Whether no. intentional for the scene or otherwise. Whether it is a scene where literally Baron, Barry Allen is, like, talking to himself while someone else just happens to be in the room. Which, again, happens way too many times. Or it's a scene like where Batman just says, "You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts." <laughs> to who? Who are you? Is that for me, Batman? Were you saying that for us, the audience? Why? Why would you? Well, okay, is someone behind me? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's everyone in this movie is just like, "What are you saying?" And why are you saying? It's like a, it's like it was written by AI. It's like we're already at AI movies or something because it's like the person who wrote this, the dialogue in this, has never actually like interacted with another human being. It feels like. Oh yeah. Like I, I hate it. I um. I really do think it's one of the, like, overall, just complete picture, uh, one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not a good DC, DC movie. The fact that they were hanging their head on this, like, it, it, it really makes me, more than anything else that has happened to this point, makes me really doubt what, James what Gunn. James Gunn's cooking here. Because, and I, maybe it's just like, he was just telling the company line of like, it's a great movie, I love it, because that's what you say. When you become the new CEO. <sighs> But, Jesus but man, he could have been a little less, maybe a little less effusive with the praise because now I'm just like, what the fuck are you smoking? If why, this did, is, why did Stephen King like it so much? I don't know how Stephen King could have watched this movie and been like, this is good writing. Of all men, Stephen King, come on, buddy. I hate it. I th- I, again, I think this is so, so much more offensive than the Justice League movie that I, it's like, they, it's not even fair to compare them, honestly. I think it's offensive to Justice now, League to even the, say. The best part about this situation uh-huh. for me is yeah. that the worst DC movie of the year hasn't even come out yet because we still got Aquaman this year, right? Isn't it this I, year? I Isn't think it December so. of this year? So when we get to the end of the year ranking, it'll be fun to see it battle it out for worst superhero movie and maybe Blue Beetle if that's ass, which might be a trilogy. I don't know if you saw. I guess he's the new, the first new uh, hero. Yeah, I don't know. Who fucking cares? It's like, and I, I feel bad almost because it does feel like we're just like stupid chill idiots who are just like well marvel versus dc but i really try not to engage in that but god they don't make it e- like they really are just worse at making movies thus far they can't get it right they just haven't yet I, it's just it's i feel like it's really like again like i said in my little letterbox review this really is all of the people things people blame marvel movies for again like egregious cameos but just way worse and dumber and worse and more horrible <laughs> <laughs> stupid and like comedy this is non-stop he's making a joke every minute and not a single I, I don't know maybe one i said last night i said one third it's probably more like one quarter i don't know it's hard to tell because some of them i laughed at because of how ridiculous they ridiculous were. and terrible it all was but it, it's not actually funny and it's again it's bizarre like horrible comedy right again mm. like oh come on barbie let's go party why is that that's nothing it's, it's that's not, not even a, a joke it's not even a joke like it is so, it, like, people were like, oh, the Marvel movies can't be serious, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever. Which, you know, they're too quippy. This is that to the... Nth degree. Yeah, the umpteenth degree. 
and again, it's it's just everything about this is worse and like less. But it's like they just needed a couple more like polishes on it. They needed a few more like passes on passes it. on this fucking movie in every aspect. Again, the the CG, the writing, the like. It's just it's like a first draft of a film. Oh yeah, and a bad one. It's a two hundred million dollar first draft of a movie. And the thing is, we know it's not because there is all these like fifteen different changes we know they've already done before it ever even got to us. So, man, God, God help us to see what the first draft would have been—the very first one. Well, it, uh, well, maybe it was gonna, maybe it was on normal film. It probably was. Honestly, I think at it was some just point, like the Flash fights Captain Cold, and then they were like, "We gotta do multiverse. We have to reset it. We have to do Flashpoint." Fucking why? All right. Well, you have enough. We've been going for like almost an hour and a half at this point. Fair enough. It's the worst movie we've ever talked about on here, so I think if anything deserves it, it's... it's um, it probably was. I'm trying to think about movies we've I was just going to say that the guy who made this movie... Um, going to make Batman. ...is now... has been given Batman the Brave and the Bold. That's another thing where it's like, if you want to tell the company line and say, like, this movie's good, Zach... Uh, Zach James Gunn, that's fine. I'm you are. James Gunn, that's fine. Well, I think I was thinking of Zack Snyder, actually. Um, if you, if you want to tell the line and say, like, this movie's actually good... James Gunn, that's fine. You do you, right? Again, I get, I get that. But when you're like, actually, I'm giving this guy the Batman movie we're doing. What? <laughs> what about this movie made you think this guy like gets Batman? So that's you know we got that looking forward to basically. I'm excited. They're gonna fuck up Damien. They're gonna fuck him up so bad. He's gonna be awful. But we'll move on. We'll like attack out of that before we get a little. Just keep spinning our wheels here. Let's just say that. Um. So I got into trailer, a couple of trailer trash, trailer catch for some video games. Much lighter topic. Uh, so we have this thing now, right? With video games where they, they, they haven't done E3 in like five years. And it's dead. It's dead now. It's, it's just completely... They stopped it. It's, it's over. Like forever and ever? Mm-hmm. They, Never to return? Never to return. Okay, there it is. Because everybody pulled out all the big Well, I know, but out. I didn't... I didn't I hadn't heard that it was like actually like done and dusted. They're never even going to mm-hmm. attempt it again. Yep. Well, there it is. <laughs> um, but it, that's been the case for a minute. And kind of like San Diego Comic Con and stuff, right? Where all these these like in person physical convention things are just kind of going by the wayside. Um, so just like with you know San Diego Comic Con, where all these different the film studios and stuff just do their own individual things, all these game studios are doing that as well. And uh, this week we had the Ubisoft one, um, which had a couple of things of of particular note for us. Oh yeah, you know a uh, couple of games from our respective favorite. Properties, I think we'll find right because we had a uh, the oh, uh, initial man. no 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 the you initial get the good one the initial <laughs> for Star Wars Outlaws, which is movie or a, a, I should say a game that we've known about. I actually talked about it a couple weeks ago when you were gone. Oh, oh right, um, about how there was rumors afoot that this game was going to come out soon, and people were like, "It's not going to come out soon. This must be fake." It is. Um, this is a game we know about for a minute, and then also another game we've known about for a minute um, from your favorite universe is. Uh, What's the fuck's it called? It's called Avatar. Pandora Delight. Something something Pandora. <laughs> Pokemon Snap. Pandora Snap. Um, but I'm yeah. pouting because I got I got the I didn't get the fun Star Wars one. Well, it's it's just a bit of a joke. No, I know. Yeah, I you don't hate like Avatar. I do mostly because you hate everything. But Shout out to my friend Tommy. He won't listen because Mark was in the show. But yeah. if he did, he'd tell me he doesn't like when I say I don't like Avatar. Avatar's good, cool, man. I, I liked care. Avatar. I know. Look at I got this banshee. Have you have you seen my banshee? You keep showing me the banshee. I've got this big action figure of Natiri's banshee, and I've got Natiri to go. Can I see it actually? Yeah, yeah. You want to gaze upon my banshee? It's still new in box checks. Oh no, he's thrown it. Oh, down a down a big pit, an empty bottomless pit. Oh my god, it's a it's like a cartoon esque bottomless pit. Yeah, and you look down, you echo. 
But uh, um, they're both open world games, and they look well. They're both Ubisoft games, yes. and I think we'll find that well, they're very Ubisoftish in 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 their stylings and um, mm-hmm. gameplay, probably. So, uh, let's find what the actual one's called. Before we go. really go crazy, there it is: Frontiers of Pandora. It's called. Um, so this is a first-person uh, game. Uh, I would say it's very reminiscent of Far Cry, right? Oh, Far Cry, yeah, probably more Far Cry, which is a the game they make. Um, it's just Avatar Far Cry, I feel. Like, very similar, right? Like, we're in nature, and there's animals, and... Raid bases. Raiding bases, and you get a bow and arrow, but also guns and shit. It's literally just fucking... It's just Far Cry, I think. But that's cool. Um, it seems like the, uh, the Banshees will be a pretty big part of gameplay. We watched the whole, like, gameplay breakdown as well. Um, the storyline of this is kind of dopey, I think. Which is, like, weird. They're Navi children that were kidnapped by the humans and then made... The soldiers. So they were like trained as humans. Um, so now they have to like get be reintegrated, which I guess makes sense. Uh, just in the sense of we need to have an explanation for why these guys are able to shoot guns. They can use human weapons, but also gameplay reason of like they need to be reintegrated into the, like how do you have a thing where they meet their you know banshees for the first time? It's because you do like oh they have to f- become part of Navi society that they weren't initially it's whatever you mm. get it yeah i'm um, a little dopey but that's fine yeah, so it seems like the f- initial stuff takes place in first avatar avatar the first like avatar. Up, up to uh, yeah and then concluding during avatar first avatar and then you probably wake up again with the return of the humans in avatar the way of water avatar wetter avatar avatar would you say oops all bigger, water wetter bigger wetter and uncut um so there you go I mean, it's, I'm sure it's it sure yeah. going to be fine. I'm going to yeah. get this. I'm sure it'll be fun. It has co-op um, campaign, which I think seems fun, which also yeah. is very Far Cry. So, you know, I probably might get this and play together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Although you never play any video games with me ever once, because you hate me. Uh, no, I would never. I bought fucking Elden Ring, so I, could, I was never going to get Elden Ring, but Jack was like, we'll play Elden Ring, and then we did. I would never once played Elden Ring together. That's fine, though. <laughs> I'm could, not upset. I'm not even upset could, by it. Could. I don't even know why. I we, well, we did kind of play it together. As in, I we were in the same room, and I was like, "What the fuck, are you using these weak ass katanas? This sucks. Don't use a katana." No, I no, 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 no. I build. had short swords, and then I got the katanas, which oh, are good. Right, you had the, the katanas are very good. They're they're broken, uh, truly. They're, yes, the katanas are overpowered. But yeah, cool. I like the idea of just like using a. Big ass bow and arrow on humans, like because it's like Far Cry, except you're huge. You're like nine feet tall. I hope that's like it's you know it's a balance they have to strike. I I would assume the balance is that like there's going to be enough of the mechs and things scattered about that you're not too overpowered. But I do like the idea, kind of like with Jedi Survivor, maybe right, Mm -hmm. where when you come up against an individual human, you should be able to just fucking destroy them because you're a huge navi like yeah, you should general. be able to throw them around and Pu- it says that in it said that in the half. gameplay thing it was like you'll, you'll be able to like use your strength as a navi so i think that's cool yeah i think, it's, there's, I think there's, it's, there's a lot of different areas there's like the forest area there's like the one with the, the mountains the mountains there's like a plains area that yeah, looks in cool. the movie. oh yeah and there's dire obviously you can get the dire horses too so i think it should be neat I i'm excited the only thing i want is i want the the big banshee fella the big one that jake's hilly rides I feel like that might be an optional or like a, th- a thing. I feel like that might be like an end game kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it might like be. You do it long enough and you get it. Although it's kind of Jake, so I don't know if you get to have it too. Can I kill Jake in combat? But I also, like, I think the they did an initial Avatar game with the with Avatar First Avatar, and that also was like a different character that because I remember at the time thinking like, oh, is this a game where you just kind of play through the events of Avatar? It's not. Mm-hmm. It's like a totally different thing, um, as well. So I don't know what I mean. I don't know why they're into that of like doing. 
little side things, but it's cool, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a good time. It seems like it'll be so good. Maybe you get to do a thing as a different character, um, where you also get to get yeah, have a you get to have what's he torque mocked or whatever. Big orange the last shadow doesn't look up. It doesn't look up. So fucking stupid. You don't like that? I, I would, that was the only part of that movie that like left an impression on me because like that's a cool thing you said. But, but I was also like why do, nine when why? I saw it. That would be so easy then. Well, I was also like nine, so I didn't well, like, think about it. If you ride this thing, you're like our you're like our Jesus or whatever, right? Yeah, you're like, like a king, fucking absolute messiah. There's only been like a few people who've ever done this thing. If you ride him, um, and the way we ride them is you know jump on top of them and like tame them, and he never looks up. And so it turns out he never looks up. It sounds like it's the easiest thing in the fucking world to to ride him. Frankly, well, I think I think he you can't get thrown off. No, I know, I I I get it. it's a little more deep than that, but still, it's weird that he feels like you could try. The way it's presented in the movie where Jake's like, well, I went for him, and I just and like. Huh? Turns out, never looks up. And it's just like, what the fuck? That was the whole time? That was the thing? You never just went, what's up above me? Silly. But that's fine. Oh, so then the other one is uh, Star Wars Outlaws, um, which which is the worst one because you play as a girl. Yeah, let's talk. Let's leave with that. We may as well. Get, um, get out of here. Unbelievable of amount of fucking discourse about this. I, and I feel like there was a time in my life, I, I, I'm i not ashamed to admit. Well, I guess I'm a little ashamed, but I, I'm, I'm, I'll take it on the chin. I think there was probably a time in my life where I'd be get, I would have gotten taken in by this discourse and been like, it is weird that they make you be a girl, but I'd like to think we've evolved past that. Because they make you be a man in every other fucking game you play. That's what's so inconceivable to me, is maybe if there was some kind of alternate world where like we had a bunch of Star Wars games where you do have to be, or you can be whatever, and then now all of a sudden this is the one where you have to be a woman... I guess you could hear, you could understand on the on the most basic of levels. But the thing is, is that we just had the last two Star Wars games we've had, Fallen Order and Survivor, you obviously have to play as Cal Kestis with very minimal, especially in the first one, and then even the second one, you, you definitely have more customization. But mm. you obviously can't change anything about his, like, physical, like, nothing about his appearance, right? Like, you yeah. can't alter his face, can't change his, like, skin tone or anything. You can't even change his hair color, right? Yeah, it's gotta be red. You can change his styling, but that's it. Give him like a beard, I think. Yeah, yeah. You can change his beard, his facial hair, and his hair cut, and then his clothes. But your Calcasis, it's 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 a story based game where you have to. And like, maybe there's an an element of like, oh, I wish it was like fucking whatever. Um, let's say the Republic again, where you could do that. And but I I don't think that's the time. I don't think those games exist really anymore in that same kind of way. Like. Maybe on a base level, but I, that has to be, like, the whole point, right? Which, I mean, also a Bioworld thing is, like, if you're doing, like, Mass Effect, right? Where it's like, yeah, you can be um, female or male Shepard, but that's a whole different thing. Like, that's 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 a core part of the game. Yeah. This is clearly, like, a story-based Star Wars thing. I, I don't get how you, again, could be fine with... Because ca- I, I did not see that complaint even once. And that's what really is insane to me, is that no one was like, well, I just want to be able to customize my character when the default was a man. But not oh, the yeah. default's a woman. It's like, listen, I just want to... It's not that I hate women. I just don't want to play want the as one. Option. I just think I should have the option. Isn't that fair? No, don't be... St- it's a fucking video game. It's not like okay. it matters. Like, what? You think everyone's think you're gay because you played as a girl? Grow right? Like, what the fuck are you on? Who cares? Super, super stupid. The um, worst, just the worst, least, like the least good argument in the world. Oh, the the most like unserious thing you've ever heard. Bad faith bullshit. To just be like, well, I don't like women. Well, I don't. That's what want- this all comes down to. Again, whether whatever you want to sugarcoat it as, I just can't. I, it just is yeah, like you said. It's in such bad faith. I don't understand how it could possibly amount to anything else. Then I just don't want to be a woman because I don't 
like women in it'll make games. me feel gay i don't like what is even don't want to say this is the same way because also there was an xbox one where we got a fable um trailer and like they were like this why is this girl in fable so ugly you guys suck <laughs> the worst gamers God. are the worst <laughs> like i hate it why did i take when people that are the worst like the things that i like That's it's like shame. fuck man you maybe not want to like the thing that i like because it's like just get me away from this this game looks sick just, bro it's like we've talked about it's we've absolutely regressed on some level or at least certain sectors of as a society because mm. this was not an issue even 10 20 years ago but now in 2023 where we should be ideally pr- progress you know forward the nature of progress is that it goes forward we've like regressed so now it's like if you have a woman protagonist it's like this is sjw pandering you know insert Bullshit. buzzword here mm-hmm. when it's like i thought we all thought that like uh what's her name Lara Croft is cool right doesn't everyone love Lara Croft? she's like one of the most metroid like, samus, yeah, samus and people are like people pointed out or i saw an article it might have been a um kotaku article or something i don't even think it was kotaku but it was just a i think it was a general publication some kind was like this whole discourse shows why we clearly if anything we need more female protagonists in games so that like we don't have to do this whole like oh Rigmarole. every once in a while when we get a woman it's like a whole big deal it should just be so commonplace that this isn't discussion and then someone would like respond like look at all the women protagonists and it's like bro you yeah you can name 50 maybe even whatever you how many games a- have there been how many male protagonists can you name at the top here you, I can probably there's no way you can't do twice as many two or three times as many here's the, the thing Look at the Smash Bros. roster. Tell me how many so women are on that. So, so funny. Well, and then people, like, they were just naming female characters from, like, um, what's her name? Like, Aerith or, like, Tifa from oh. Final Fantasy VII. It's like, that's not even the, that's not the you don't play as player them. character. Like, you play as not, Cloud the whole game. That's not the same thing. So, anyways, this game itself, so this is more so, <laughs> like, uh, this is a third-person one, but also still an open-world action-adventure type dealio, right? Um, what's this like? I mean, not uh, not dissimilar to like actually a Tomb Raider, right? Yeah. Or, um, probably less so, although because I I do think actually, if anything, Jedi, um, the Jedi games have a, a lot of Tomb Raider to them. Mm-hmm. I guess this would be more so like I don't know, Watch Dogs maybe, like a general kind of like Ubisoft. I'm just trying to think of a Ubisoft one in particular. But um, the whole point of this one is that you play as oh, what's her name, K something or another. I don't know. It's called Outlaws because it's, it's Outlaws. It's all in the Outlaw. The the criminal underworld side of things between so, episodes five and six yeah so in the trailer which we get this this idea of like look the war's going on not what this is about yeah we're in like wild space we're in like um outer rim hut kind of stuff we're not concerned with the war between the rebels and the empire we're doing like we're on our own the shit. huts and the pike syndicates are all vying for power because that's what they do spice roots and all spice that. and yeah the spice must flow when you get it and they're just doing that so we don't know specifically outside of Tay's doing a job of some kind. Um, seemingly, f- is it for the rebellion? Is that the sense you got? I don't think we know who that guy is. Gives it to her. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I assume. I assume this game will have her join the rebellion. And she's Star all like, Wars. "I'm, I'm on the run, and um, you know, I can never stop running." Kind of thing. Now, kind of want to get me. And he's like, "Do that." You know, it's a classic thing. You yeah. Just one final job, and you get out forever. Get all Which the money cool. you could ever want. And we see lots of plants. We see Kajimi. Uh, we see another one I can't remember, and it looks like probably well, almost assuredly Tatooine. And this well, yeah, is another. We gotta go back to Tatooine. Well, and this is one. Where, yeah, where people are like oh Tatooine again, but to me, this is very much a game that deserves to have Tatooine in it, and that's the problem. That's where Jabba the Hutt is. That's, that's where Jabba the Hutt is. He's the main guy. <laughs> it's Hutt space. It's he's Hutt like space. the big one. 
So the, actually, it's not technically hot space, but don't worry about it. Um, what? It's not. Tatooine's not technically in hot space. I gotta make a call. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, right? Is like, and that's the problem, I guess, with the overusage of Tatooine. You see that sign? So yeah, I see. We see in the trailer, um, some Gamora Frozen birds. Han, yeah, is being like, um, Transport. brought into Jabba's palace. I think to directly give you the idea of like, oh, this is between movies. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I saying? Oh, some other, yeah. So the thing about like, oh, Tatooine's overused is there's probably some truth to it, but then the problem is that people think that like Tatooine should never be used, and it's like, well, no. Again, there's yeah, there's some stories where it's very apt to use yeah, this, very logical inclusion, and it would be stories like this about the underworld and everything. And I think I think problem part of it is like nothing interesting happens on Tatooine. It, like that's the argument is like, yeah. oh, why should it? But it's like I, I don't think that's actually true. I think it's one of those things where you're taking like um. Luke too much at face value because he has that line where he's like, "If you were on, if there's a center of the a bright center of the galaxy, you're on the planet that's farthest from." Mm. He's right in a sense, but also, yeah, he hates it's, living there. He hates like, living there, and yeah, it's the home to the to Jabba the Hutt, like the head of the the Hutt cartel. So it's a pretty open place. Yeah, it's, it's depending on who you roll de- with. Exactly, depending on what you're into, that makes a lot of sense. Like, and obviously for stuff like Obi Wan. It made a lot of sense. Well, not even made a lot of sense. There was no other way to tell that story without tattooing. And Book of Boba Fett, it probably made a lot of sense. And, like that. So, mm. and I think a game like this, it makes a lot of sense. Just got a fun little axolotl thing. It's got fur and scales. Mm-hmm. There's a hot droid with a coat. Yeah, so um, she has a companion droid. I don't remember his name now. Well, it's ND4, I think. Something like that. Good job. Yes. He's a commando droid. He's a BX series commando droid, which we've recently got a lot of in Jedi Survivor again. Um, but he's from the Clone Wars design, and he wears a trench coat, and everyone thinks he's hot. <laughs> People he, want to fuck the droid. Jack. He's rocking that trench coat. I, he's stunned on us. <laughs> I mean, he's re- he really do be swagging. Like, he's, he's got kept, that thing on, though. He's drippy. Well, yeah, and he's got a gun. He's just like, he's looking pretty cool. Oh, can't, yeah. can't deny that. Probably going to um, die, maybe? You think so? Yeah. That's, kind of, that's what happens to these droids. I think it's a fun droid companion. You know, it's, it's a bit of a departure, because most of the droid companions in Star Wars are like little... Um, fun droids, soft droids. Little, like, non pretty pretty far off from like anthropomorphic right like mm-hmm. weird little rolling trash cans and soccer balls and stuff or c3po um, or c3po was just like a goofball he's, he's all like came with his arms like this yeah he's pretty useless in most contexts and also he's just a big like warrior war or even like bd1 again he's like a little like he doesn't talk he's all like chirpy and cute and then he's just like a little they're, most of them are like little dogs so uh, the fact that her main companion droid is just a big dude <laughs> big dude who, like is good at killing he's just he's a guy he's just a commando droid he's just like an anthropomorphic like walking around like, tar- like humanoid-esque droid yeah who can just talk to her in english he's, you know he's more like k2so in that way mm. and then i think her yeah her little axolotl thing fills the role of like the cute one oh, so yeah. it doesn't have to be the droid so it's a cute little axolotl thing yeah i think so so because like it, i feel like it's um people are talking like it's almost easier to do with a droid because you just make it like a little droid thing that like acts cute through mannerisms and beeps whereas this is like a living creature it's almost harder but i think it'll probably be fine yeah that'll be fine it's already pretty cute yeah it's fine this has come out in 2024 so we could have a while oh uh, um, the rumor was like early that's that's uh, what i talked about that's what I, I mean it's june so yeah what's the thing is that people are like again people are like oh we haven't heard of it yet there's no way it's come out early 2024 this was just a couple weeks ago when the, the rumor was going around i'm like that's it it's becoming more and more common well, i guess it's almost the two extremes with games nowadays where it'll be either, either be like we don't see really like much substantial about a game such as like even its trailer or, mm. or the fact that it exists name um well we knew this one existed yeah but we don't even know its name or it's anything until like 
they're ready to announce we've got a good idea of when it's coming out and it's less than a year away, right? That happens a lot more nowadays. And then I also think what happens sometimes is you get games announced, you know. Way too early. Way, way, way too early. Like the new Elder Scrolls, which was, it's already been like five years or something since it was announced. And it's like, that's not coming out anytime soon, right? So I think those are the two extremes. So I was like, I think it's very possible that Outlaws has been plugging away on for years now. Um, You know, we talked about it. Or I talked about, I think it was first announced in 21 or 20? I mean, I think it's 20. I think it's 20, maybe. I think 20. So well, it's already yeah. been like three years. I think it, it makes plenty of sense. So, yeah. I, cool. I mean, obviously, can... the hope is that it's good, right? Yeah. It's, it's not falling into the same pitfalls that a lot of the industry seems to find nowadays. Mm-hmm. Hope it's as good as Lord of the Rings Gollum. This I don't. Shit. I hope it's way better than that. <laughs> well, I mean, that's a perfect game. How could it be better than... Well, I, you know, I expect excellence, too. I guess that's true. I, I, know, I know it's a very, very you're right. And uh, Jack, you're right. It's a very high bar to expect any game to ever be as good or better than Lord of the Rings Gollum. But again, it needed to exist. A game that absolutely needed. It's a story that needed to be told, frankly. You know, it's it's about like a very fundamental like aspect of the human condition. It's like, you know, it's like you have like The Last of Us here and you have like Lord of the Rings Gollum like here. Like it just, it, yeah. it absolutely one-ups in terms of like depth of character and, and plot and, and, you know, speaking to a fundamental like Human aspect emotion. of the human experience yeah of course of course but maybe you know one also star it's because of stars it's going to have that edge for me so let's if we can get almost to the level of world of Gollum, i'll probably be able to push it over the edge okay because of the star wars aspect but i That's know fair. again it's a high bar it's a high bar i hope we can recruit or kill bosk because <laughs> he's kicking around all there our should be, th- yeah. all our bounty hunter friends are kicking around that we yeah love there so much. should be bounty hunters and like Dengar. lots of lots of like i don't know if i'll call them cameos because they're again if you're gonna make a Star Wars game about like an open world going to planets, hanging out with outlaws game, I think that's like a genuine reason to have bounty hunters and stuff, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, fucking put Bosk in there. Put yeah. four LOM. Put IG88. Let me kill IG88. Alright? IG88, you can kill him a bunch because he's a robot and he just got comes back. I wanna kill Zuckus and he does a lot. Four you can kill Zuckus and four LOM. No, four LOM's my boy. You can't you can't have him. I'll kill I'll hunt him down Mm-mm. in the game. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. When I buy it, I'll like it. And we know Dengar survives into the sequels, so you can't. He becomes horrible. He's well, a horrible monster. You can't, you can't have him. But yeah, let us beat up the robot. Well, I mean, Forlorn has already died at least once in canon, and they brought him back. So he's also a robot mostly. Uh, so yeah, he can kind of just do that. Yeah. See, it'll all work out in the end. IG88 has been. Um, you kill him in the Shadows of the Empire video game, anyways. So it's it's a, it's an established precedent to just shoot up a droid. Yeah. Yeah. People are second class citizens for Star Wars. That's objectively true. Oh yeah. They torture those fuckers. <laughs> They give him pain. They make him feel pain. It's very good. Funny stuff. <laughs> what a ridiculous world. Funny, I love they, it. They get the gontroid's feet. Yeah, they burn his feet. That's Why do they make silly. the gontroid feel pain? That's Because they're cruel, Jack. They are cruel. <laughs> it's cruel and unusual. The better question is how. How do you make the gontroid's <laughs> yeah. feet No, everybody asking feel... why, but I was asking how. All right. Um, you know what you think? Yeah, that's probably good enough. Pivot out of that? We can pivot out of that into, let me just get the time code. Uh, we can pivot into Sunny, episode three, The Gang Gets Cursed. Uh, this episode is all about the gang with the curse, written by David Hornsby. Uh, uh, I enjoyed this episode. Uh thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it probably more than the other two. Really? This is your favorite of the three so far? I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, aside for next episode, because the gang, Frank fights Russia or something where he plays a Russian in chess, based <laughs> on the description, which I think will be funny. Um, that Frank play chess, it's like a Bobby Fisher thing. Uh, but yeah, back to the episode that actually came out. So this episode begins with Mac showing 
uh, the gang, the rest of the gang in the bar, that they've been accepted to be on like bar fix it or whatever, like some bar rescue. Bar rescue, I think it was. Yeah. And he's like, guys, we we can be in the bar. We'll be a TV show. They'll finally pick us up and send them letters. Our luck's turning around. Um, we're gonna do it. And then obviously the title card is they get cursed. Um, and then. The next day, they're trying to figure out how to get the bar together, and they're trying to clean up, but Mac keeps making a mess. And they're like, stop making a mess, Mac. We're trying to clean up. He's like, no, no, we can't clean up, because if the messier our bar is, the more they're going to shoot, and the better we're going to do in the show, and we're, it's going to be great. And they're like, well, we don't want to look like idiots on national television, so let's not do that. And then D comes in with Bell's palsy. They're like, what the fuck happened to you, D? She's like, I think, I, I don't know, I think I got cursed by my neighbor. Because she just called, she like her neighbor kindly asked her to stop screaming at her video games, and she gives her uh, the cunt of the year award and tells her to fuck off, and she said, puts a curse on her. And that's the theory. So the idea yeah. is like they all find they have different things that maybe cursed them. the results of curse. So Dennis is like having brain fog. Yeah, brain fog is what they end up calling it, where like he can't think of different words and things. Um, yeah, D's like faces on them. Frank uh, broken egg. Yeah, Frank had an egg filled with blood. What was Charlie's? Uh, I don't know if he had one. But, and then um, Mac's thing is that he's not having issues. So they all kind of seek out their own sources of their different curses, they think. Mm-hmm. So like you said, uh, Dee says that she was insulting to her neighbor. Dennis's ends up being that <laughs> Maureen Ponderosa asked him to bury her in a pet cemetery, and he refused. And so now she, they're like, oh, is she cursing you? Mm-hmm. Uh Charlie thinks that Frank's is because a seagull flew into the bar and he smashed it with a bat. Pulled a lighthouse. <laughs> he killed it. So they're yeah. like, well, the, the ghosts the have the souls of sailors. In them. <laughs> so it's losing trying to curse you. And um, Mac thinks that um, Cricket cursed him with oh, that's Latin awesome. magic or whatever. But then Mac's thing is also his subplot is that he thinks he's actually having good luck secretly because he found a monkey's paw. It's, it's a monkey from last season. Um, they just died. They just died, and he grabbed the paw. <laughs> so now he's the paw. It doesn't do the monkey's paw thing of like curling up, curling up, or like giving ironic. But I guess maybe kind of. I don't know. But whatever. He's got a monkey's paw, and he thinks that's giving good luck. So his little subplot. This one is also with cricket. Is he's trying to do the long running bit where he's trying to get a catch with Chase Utley. with Chase Utley, <laughs> MLB star Chase Utley, and um, well, he almost gets it. He almost it's gets very, it. Very, very close. Uh, so he ends up, uh, Cricket's got intel on Chase Hutley somehow, somehow, and he ambushes him outside of a hotel, and Mac becomes, like, a very, like, kind of turns into the Danny from The Shining, like, it's possessed. <laughs> it just starts rambling on in a weird tone about how, like, he's distracted by him, and that he has a little son who's dying of cancer, and he has to have a catch with him, because Chase thought, Chase thinks that the letter that Mac sent him was written by a child, because of course you would. As you would, yeah. Because it's got stickers and written in such a way, such a, such like a a vulnerable like like manic writing way. They're like, well, a child wrote this. No adult human would write of another adult man this way. Such reverence. Um. So yeah, he's got to do that. Uh, Cricket's doing well for himself. Apparently, he becomes. He's a pimp now. He's a pimp now. He doesn't get horribly maimed in this episode in any way. That's true. But I think he might this season. They'll they'll they're gonna get him good. I think. Um. So he's like a pimp. Uh, there's a funny scene where they're like, I think it's a pimp. Like, you're all oversimplifying it, but uh, it's about broad strokes. Uh, I like the surprising another appearance of uh, the old lady house so quickly. But yes, Charlie goes to visit her mom and to get advice about the curse. It's Uncle Jack's birthday. That was a pretty funny bit. Oh, yeah. That was always Uncle Jack fun. being weird as always. Trying to touch Charlie. And he's like, don't touch me. Get away from Put me. Put your hands on me. Uh, 
I like the just the scene you just watch Frank just tear into this big cake that no one else is eating. Um, I like the joke of like, how do we break the curse? Mom, she's given all these like elaborate ways you can potentially break the curse, and then just lands on like, or you could just probably bury like the the bird proper burial. And for he's her. like, why why didn't you leave? like that's like clearly the easiest one? Why didn't you leave with that? And she's like, well, you can't normally do it on a boat. He's like, do I? Do I look like I'm at sea? <laughs> She's like, I don't know, maybe because her his mom. He's like, you think you think maybe I'm at sea? <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. It's always fun when Charlie plays a straight man with his mother. With his mom, yeah, like the only character in the whole show where he's just like <laughs> always yelling and like he's yeah he's pulling the straight man. I'm like, what? You're not making any sense. Yeah, or if Mac is around his mom, because sure. that's when he gets to play straight man too. But uh, does he often do ever do it with Dennis or D? Try to play the straight man. I feel like he doesn't. There probably I mean, is times, but they not all kind of rotate through depending yeah. on any given episode. Which ones? Yeah, because Nightman come with Charlie. That's kind of the thing the is that time. they all are, and none of them are right. Yeah. The straight man. I saw someone uh, phrase it as like the straight man is a lie. Like they're all. It depends on the situation. Any yeah, character yeah. is crazy, um, which I think is a fun way to look at it. Yeah, none of the. Yeah, any of them could be, and none of them are mostly. <laughs> we're the, in a way we're this. We're the only straight man. <laughs> yes, we like women. We're the audience. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I the a funny part of D's plotline is that then the trophy she gives her neighbor is cunt of the year, and they get uh, mad at her because like, well, D, we give you, we gave you that trophy. You can't just give it away. You earned that. You can't be nominated. But we worked hard to get that. Um, so Dennis wants to get it back. And what triggers is thinking about Marine is that oh, yeah. the lady gets the po- um the trophy, and a black cat runs out of her apartment. And he's like, like cat ran by, and he's like, she's like, I don't have a cat. I had a cat named Maureen, but Maureen, but she died. He's like, well, I had a my ex wife was Maureen, and she wanted to be a cat. It's very strange. Um, I'm sure that lady was crazy and just didn't see her cat leave. Um, or it's a different cat. And he's like, I gotta gotta bury my weird cat wife who died. Uh, which I was like, I I for, I had forgotten that she had died until this uh-huh. episode. Making Dennis Reynolds a murder. How long ago was that? Was that season twelve or thirteen? Uh, that sounds about right. Good episode, though. Solid episode. Oh, that's a great one. Uh, he maybe murdered Marine Ponderosa? I, he objectively did not. Well, no, yeah, he didn't. But it's fun. It's, it's fun. That's the joke. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, he, listen, he's almost assuredly killed women, and he probably will again, but I don't think he actually killed her. No. I wonder if I think that's, that's kind of the joke, almost. Yeah, is that this is the one he didn't do. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I like, this is a classic bit, which is, it's almost reminiscent of some other episodes in the past, which is... The, the ultimate culmination of it all is they all they all end up at the <laughs> cemetery at the same time because they want to bury the the monkey the monkey the bird and, and Maureen. the bird and Maureen <laughs> and also Mac tries to play off uh, one of the graves as that of his son uh, for the Chase, Chase Utley purposes yeah. and that was a pretty good bit actually where Chase Utley's like I see what you done you he's like all right you gotta come clean you need to give me the monkey's paw or because he's all like you don't because he's like, well, of course we believe in superstitions. And Max is like, oh, I bet, I bet he won't believe in superstitions. Which, everyone knows baseball players are like the most superstitious yeah, athletes. Like, got out of a slump. Um, so then Chase really just <laughs> takes the monkey's paw for himself and runs off with it. That's like, pretty funny. I'm going to the Hall of Fame, baby! <laughs> That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. Um, and then the ultimate conclusion to it all is that none of them were cursed at all. It just had, like, mold blood. It was just because of the dead monkey the decaying monkey in there in the bar that there was an obscene amount of mold that they were all uh inhaling and mm. suffering from uh specific side effects of and frank was mixing uh seagull eggs into his regular <laughs> eggs some kind of uh foraged eggs <laughs> so it was yeah. not a normal uh store-bought 
chicken's leg. Yeah. That's why it was horrible. Just nonsense. And then there's a good part of the cricket. And then they lose the bar rescue. Nice. And he's like, oh, our luck didn't change. And then it's like, well, I think it's because we all left the bar in the middle of the day. <laughs> and to like, bury- It's probably because we're the type of people who would leave the bar in the middle of the day to do nonsense like this instead of working. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a good joke. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. It's always good when they have a bit of a moment of like self-awareness of like, we shouldn't be acting this way. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> like, why are we doing this? And then Cricket's like, what about me? They're like, well, Cricket, that's just, you don't have bad luck. It's just, you have, you know, that's how life is sometimes for some people. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, what's the cause of all my problems? And they're like, man, sometimes, you know, there's just no way of knowing, really. It just, things just happen. That's just life. There's no no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, and you the, can't explain it. But of course, the, the joke is, being, of course, that the gang has ruined him at every single turn. It's their fault almost every time. And uh, maybe again. He gets out of this episode unscathed, but. He does, actually. But yeah. how much worse could he become? I think, I think eventually they're just going to cut his hand off. Like that's that's the next step. He's already like he lost his he eye. Do much more. Yeah, he's already all burned and, and burned and drug addicted. Scott, yeah, his teeth are be, missing. It'd be hard to go much worse. Besides, like just hacking limbs off. I guess so. Yeah. But yeah, I, there was definitely some some good jokes in this one. Overall, though, not. I don't. It definitely wasn't my favorite of the three so far. I think I. I don't know. I I did moments in this one where I wasn't as impressed by like the performances. To be totally honest with you, mm. where I just felt like uh, I don't know. I feel like. Hey, it was lacking a certain energy or something. I feel like they're just kind of reading and doing the lines, right? Yeah, I kind of felt that was for most of these, for all three of these a little bit, a some, little bit, right? And I there's something that seems like in common with pretty much all three of them so far, which is like the writing has this thing where and it's it's like the it's being you know ordered around the commercial breaks. What's like and and maybe it's only so heightened because I don't watch it with commercials at all. But it'll just be like a scene, and then like the, you know, then the commercial break will happen, and then the next scene is just like, and here's what we're doing, what we were supposed to be doing from the last scene into the scene now. I don't, I don't know, just like do this like recaps, which I find. Yeah, uh, I I also felt like for the last couple, um, the builds up into the like title cards felt mm-hmm. a little forced, mm-hmm. like very more telegraph. Like there was it wasn't as smooth into them. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm like just thinking back differently because I'm not watching them. Yeah. I'm not like wh- like I I'm not knowing exactly where because I know like this is like you watch 16 seasons of a show mm-hmm. you're gonna pick up the rhythm yeah, of there's it. There's tons and tons of episodes of this thing right now, yeah. And that's the thing like some of those some of the title drops are like some of the funniest jokes in the whole show. Like the Sweet D gets audited. That's like one of the best ones. Um, because like when Max like our luck will never change and then it cuts it's like yeah. well that's a funny cut but like there's a little there's like a beat where it's almost like they're trying too hard i, I yeah yeah i kind of see what you mean so the episodes seem like they're ending more abruptly than they used to like it feels like there's not it does feel like this one resolves pretty quickly ultimately yeah like final i maybe i'm again not remembering or cherry picking certain arrows of the show but from what i think of it like, the ending of an episode is, like, they do the final, like, and let's walk off, and then there's it lingers on that scene for a couple seconds, and they play, like, the exit theme, and then it cuts to black with the credits. Oh, okay. But it feels like the last three you episodes... I mean, literally, like, it just ends, like, quickly. Like, it, like they say that, like, last episode, this is, like, you shut everyone in the bar, episode ends. Like, they ended as soon as that line mm-hmm. is said. So this is, like, there's no final line after that, or no, like, little lingering on that as mm-hmm. they all ponder it. So... I feel like that's missing but maybe they're doing something different or maybe that's common and i'm not re- again not remembering because there's a lot of episodes, there's lots of episodes. So you can really kind of cherry pick whatever you want yeah yeah well that's the thing is like uh, people we've talked about when we talked about last season of the show like people have a tendency to be like oh, this 
fell off. No issues. Just don't hit. Season was better, but I think if you're being completely honest, it's like when people think of that, they're thinking of their favorite episodes from the previous seasons, right? Mm-hmm. And so you think like, well, in what I'm not gonna be able to think of any off the top of my head, but whatever season, you know, oh, it has the episode, it has flowers for Charlie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my favorite episodes. Great episode. And so you think like, oh yeah, season whatever that was, six or eight or whatever the fuck. Every episode was a Fathers for Charlie level episode, except they weren't, right? Yeah, just the one um, that you remember. That's just the one you remember, probably. And I think there's probably a similar thing happening in these later seasons where people are just more aware of it, right? They just kind of have like, uh, you know, rose-colored glasses, nostalgia kind of thing going on. Where it's like, ah, oh, those old seasons were all great all the way through. Where it's like at the time you probably didn't felt or would have felt pretty similar. Yeah, to and this, which is like they're not all home runs. And it's probably the internet thing where, like, everyone's talking about it and everything is so dissected and opinionated mm-hmm. that it's like, what do you, can you, how much of an opinion is even your own, not just things you've osmosis absorbed from the internet without even realizing it? Yeah. Which before, obviously, didn't exist. So people who watched them watched them and then talked about with them their friends who watched it, or if they hadn't, or maybe they didn't have any friends who watched it. And they just were like, I like these episodes and I remember the ones I like and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, but not. Terrible, I think. No. Well, we got like five more left. I think it's eight yeah. this season. Side to see where it goes. Always good for Sunny. Always good for Sunny. Um, are we talking about, I was going to mention at the end. Oh, I was going to say when you mentioned Dennis killing people. Do you think it? <laughs> I remember last week we talked about the end of Sunny mm-hmm. coming up. Do you think in the end we'll actually like he'll get arrested for murdering someone? Like we'll actually be like he actually killed someone. I would prefer, and I think. I've, I don't know. I guess it really just depends on the show and how it's done. I I guess I don't... I was going to make an a absolute statement just now, and I guess it really just depends on a case-by-case basis, but I feel like I'm inclined to prefer endings where, like, you don't have a big resolution to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, think, you know, less friends, right? Where it's like, and then we all moved, right? Uh, not that I really care much for friends regardless, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those really, like, hard, like, oh, this is definitive thing. Like, I, something about those feel kind of, like, almost more sad than not a lot of times. And I guess maybe in certain cases they are intentionally bittersweet. But I would prefer almost as, as much as anything as well, like, an ending where it's like, and then they just kept being the gang. Yeah, they, <laughs> like, they we stopped, stop. we stopped seeing episodes, but they don't really change. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I would prefer that instead of just like this big grand like, oh, and then Charlie does this and they go off to like, because at this point, again, especially the type of show this is and the type of characters these are, what's what's going to happen to them that's going to get them to change their ways yeah, nothing fundamentally, really. right? So I would like that almost as much as anything. I think it'd be so. funny if Dennis was framed for a murder he didn't commit. Maybe. that's It's like, yeah. Because then it's like, well, he he kind of got it, but not really. But I, I definitely see your thing too. I mean, that's certainly as plausible of an ending for him as anything. Mm-hmm. You know, it seemed like he was kind of be gone for, you know, a minute when they did the uh, send off of him being a dad. But no, that, that that ended up pretty good. He came back. He was only gone for the season thirteen. He wasn't gone for any season. I oh, I guess it's true. He's he's in that one episode. He's in what? No, he's in. I mean, he's in the season he leaves. He's back. Like he comes back in the next, the first episode of that season. I'm saying I think that's the only episode he's in of that season. No, it's not. He's in. He's not in all of them. And oh, they, okay. But they do kind of like a sneaky thing almost, where like you don't really notice. It's not like they just do a normal episode and Dennis isn't there because that season has the la- the the lady reboot of with yes, Beaten Boggs. That's it. It's got which none of the guys are in, regardless. And it has the two Super Bowl ones, right? Which Dennis is like reasonably written out of, anyways. Yes. So they, I feel like they hide it pretty well. Where it ends up like he's in 
four or five of those anyways. You just don't really notice. You don't even notice that he's absent in those other ones like until you like think, think about, about it, it almost. I think they handled that pretty well. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they could do AP Bio, which ended up being a less successful show. Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? He's got to do something with his time, I guess. Branch out, be Dennis somewhere else, do Blackberry. Do Blackberry. That's right. I guess that's why they had to take a longer gap so he could do Blackberry. <laughs> and Charlie could do Fool's Paradise. Hasn't that movie been out for like, hasn't that movie been finished for like a long time though? Well, they did all those, re- when did the reshoots happen? I don't know. Because he finished it and they had to reshoot it, remember? We talked about. Yeah, yeah. So. I know it was in like distribution hell, I saw it described as for a long time. Like Ooh. it was ready and waiting to be put out. Ooh, new media cycle hell just dropped. <laughs> Finally. I mean, so tired of development hell. Distribution hell is my new best friend now. <laughs> That's even wilder, though, right? Like, we're not yeah. waiting on someone to do We already did all the hard work, and now, and now it's, it's just like, like, I can't be bothered. I just don't want to... I don't want anyone to see this. Cannot be bothered. Yeah, principal photography Principal photography began in 2018. Oof. It just came out this year. That's a that's a pretty big gap. Oh, yeah. Probably pandemic didn't help nothing. Nowhere, no how. In, it went, in February of 22, so over a year ago already, mm-hmm. he revealed in an interview that it had gone, undergone a week of reshoots in December of 21. Oh. oh, with John Brody, Beckinsale, and Leota after he wrote an additional 27 pages to the screenplay. Man, imagine what that, there you go. Imagine that movie 27 pages shorter. Less John Malkovich? It might have been. Dare, dare I say it would have been better? Dare I say. I mean, it mostly is like an overbloated like, SNL skit at time. Well, we don't need to drag Charlie Dig. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How are we feeling, Jack? What's, what are we looking like over there? We're at, we're at 205, 204. You want to do it? Okay. We can do a that's, quick that's little. That's less than I thought. All right, let's crack yeah. this out then. Oh, let me just get the time code here. Uh, one of the, I got a couple of topics that I've just been holding on yeah. the back burner. So I'll just do one of them here because this, this one's actually rapidly closing in on <laughs> just happening. But it's just, there's, there's this little uh, Hollywood uh, beef going on to an extent. Well, beef is probably even a strong word for it because it's not really between individuals. Basically, this summer, everyone knows it's been the, the source of a bunch of memes and, and much... Uh, much funnies is that Oppenheimer, Barb. the three-hour um, historical epic about the I don't know nature of war and <laughs> the bomb, the uh, the creation of the atomic bomb and all of that, the the ramifications thereof. Uh, again, three-hour historical epic by Christopher Nolan and then Greta Gerwig's Barbie, which I think will be a really good film in its own right. Yeah, have its own things to say, and but such. it's obviously uh, much different. Much different are dropping on the same day, and it's been a bunch of fun of like. What do you see first? Me and the boys seeing the double feature and, yeah, what do we see first? And, you know, the the girls can have Oppenheimer Barbies for the fellas. <laughs> it, it's br- not only, not like, not only, not only that, but um, that uh, Barbie is directed by Greta Gerwig and has Ryan Gosling. So we're bringing the Lady Bird and the Drive fandoms together. We need a new, uh, a new, new Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling pers- role to base my entire personality off of. Lots of fun. Um, but also... Coming out one week prior to those films, those films is uh, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, the Part One or Seventh, whatever however you want to look at it, uh, Mission Impossible movie, obviously. And uh, there's just a little, <clears throat> a little bit of drama, so to speak, because uh, Tom Cruise learned <laughs> that after only one week in IMAX, uh, Oppenheimer is taking the IMAX screens, every single IMAX screen in the country, mind you. Now, I think this is some kind of sweetheart deal that Nolan gets because he's Nolan, Nolan and um, I, he, he loves IMAX. Like, you know, he shoots everything on the IMAX. It's not just... Which, I don't know how what the difference is there. I don't know if 
I don't know if you have to shoot your film in IMAX to get it onto a IMAX. I don't think you literally have to, but yeah. clearly no one does it with that in mind, right? He's a big fan, you know, he's all about the art of it and the in the premium format screens and all the you get it all. All the um, cinematography yeah, yeah. nerd stuff. So he uh he gets after Dead Reckonings in IMAX for one week, Nolan gets complete uncontested two weeks straight. At which point, like, you know, the uh, theatrical run of Mission Impossible will be winding down anyways, and I don't even know what else is going to then come up and, you know, Edge it out. also want IMAX screens and stuff, so there's just a little bit of drama there between um, Universal and Paramount? I, I think, think so. Paramount is um, Top Gun, right? And what do you mean, Mission Impossible? That, that is what I meant, yeah. That's a, they make a Top Gun reference in Flash. They do. Like Who did they say it is? Kevin Bacon. Yeah, no. they all like he flipped around. No, I think it's something like that. Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in that. Oh, right, yeah, because Michael J. Fox is in Footloose. Kevin Bacon's in Top Gun. They don't put Tom Cruise in anything. The poor guy. Yeah, uh, so Paramount is Mission Impossible. And yeah, uh, Nolan's with Universal now. So it's just a bit of drama. It's just kind of fun. I I think it's interesting. I also think, I gotta say, and I know there's been like, it, it caused some discourse of like, oh, well, obviously... Oppenheimer's going to be the better film. Haha, ha, Mission Impossible kind of thing. I honestly think, Jack, I'm ready for when these movies come out that I think there's going to be a significant <laughs> portion of people maybe who have actually successfully tricked themselves or been tricked into <laughs> seeing Oppenheimer by by the memory that are yes. going to realize like it's not really a movie they're that interested in. Yeah, I definitely that happens a lot. Frankly, I don't know how interested I am in it. I, I'm, I'm interested in the fact that it's mostly it was- a meme, but like I don't know how should I am it to be honest. I was interested in it because it had a bunch of actors I knew. I was like, "There's so many no, actors." It is. I'm sure it'll be good. I love Chris Nolan's work. I really do. We, um, we like Tenet. We like Tenet, and I love Inception. Um, Tenet's great. My very favorite movies. The Prestige. I haven't seen it, but <laughs> sure. Not. I don't like that one as much. Um, no one does. But yeah, I'm sure it'll be good. I'm mostly just joshing, but it's not. It isn't a blockbuster, right? Even less so than Tenet. Not even less. Like yeah, Tenet. Uh, Inception are like sci-fi action movies. I yeah. don't think, and I don't think this movie is not going to be that. Again, it's a three-hour historical epic about like where Killian Murphy makes the time yeah, bomb. It's about a man's life, and like the, I'm sure it'll be about like the tragedy of what befalls him afterwards, and, and the, the everything that whatever you mm-hmm. get it. Yeah, not exactly like a fun like blockbuster, <laughs> and I am sure by a lot of metrics it it will be a better film. Mm-hmm. Than Mission Impossible, but they're very different things. Ultimately, they're doing different things, yeah, achieving different goals. So I think it's—I just think it'll be interesting to see it all play out. Because again, a lot of people are like, "Well, good, it should deserve it." But I think if we're being completely honest, um, if you're looking at it purely from like a business perspective, I think Top or uh, Tom Cruise has the—I think he's got the right idea of it. Because I would bet that Mission Impossible is going to definitely outperform Oppenheimer theatrically. Absolutely, it will. I think so. Everybody loves Fallout. I we love Fallout. I love Fallout. It's a great movie. Let's see. Let's just break it down. I mean, tonight it was supposed to save cinema, and it didn't. It that's the thing. It bombed um, terribly. Now that wasn't his. I mean, he was probably putting too much on it, right? Well, yeah, it was COVID. Nobody was going to the movies. He was pushing a little too hard to save cinema by himself. Um, I think if you remove like the Batman ones, which you know, like almost aren't like the same. Yeah. So the Dark Knight Rises. And the Dark Knight both cracked a bill. Inception was eight hundred mil, pretty good. Interstellar seven hundred. These are all really, these are good numbers. Dunkirk's five. 
Batman Begins is three, and then you're like dropping down. Tenet was only three, and then like you're down to one. But those are like his older ones, Insomnia, Memento, and the like. Mm. Uh, so yeah, he's uh, clearly. I mean, he's got like four that, or was it two, three, whatever? I just said <laughs> the numbers. I just said yeah. But again, when you remove Batman from the equation, that's kind of different, right? And again, he's not matched that since the Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, and Inception's the closest one he gets to. Yeah, and that one's like a very well. But that's I said this is the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, so, yeah, right. That's betwixt that was betwixt the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. Um. Those movies all did good, but then if we look at, I guess I should have brought this up, Mission Impossible ones real quick. I do think, and again, especially because this is not Inception, which again is like a, or to not even, well, let's not not do that good. But I don't know. I I feel like he hasn't made a movie like this in a minute. Yeah. Even like Dunkirk has more of like, oh, it's a war movie, which has a certain action kind of appeal to it, even though it's not that kind of movie, actually. But I feel like that's kind of, that was the marketing behind it. Mm. Yeah. A 300, 300, a three hour biographical kind of thing is i feel like a very different kind of movie absolutely it's got it's got the albert einstein reveal he's recruiting him (laughs) that's right so i don't know i think it's interesting i think it's a bit of fun bit of like again behind the scenes drama about it all oh yeah that is fun and you know you know tom cruise he also saves cinema yeah he's he seemed that yelling on people on set yeah that's crazy isn't it crazy that was also four years ago this movie's just coming out now Oh, shit, yeah, that was a long time ago. Right, because I was in the midst of COVID. The thralls of the pandemic, as it were. How are the Mission Impossible numbers looking? Um, Find them? Yeah, this didn't seem right. Um, Looks like Fallout was 700. So I guess it's more so in the same kind of vein, maybe, than I was giving credit for. Ghost Protocol was 690, which is pretty close. How'd Rogue Nation do? 680. All really close to the 700 range. I love Rogue Nation. I think Rogue Nation's fine. I agree, though, it's not as... Sounds like a ghost protocol or follow. No, it's not. It's not. Um, so they're all kind of the recent ones have been in that same kind of seven hundred range, which I guess is not so far off of the the only ones I was just saying either. But so I don't know. Maybe this was nothing. <laughs> but I do. I just think it's interesting. I, I again, I just think it, well, especially when you enter Barbie into the mix. I guess that's the bigger thing, right? That's the third Barbie. wrinkle. Now, I don't think Barbie was ever competing for IMAX screens, obviously. No, um, but- especially because it's. Again, it will not have the chance because of Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. But I think I was reading Barbie. Let's check real quick. It's getting some Dolby screens. What's that? I don't know. But that's like a similar like uh, premium format. I think are they it's getting, like are they getting 40X? Maybe. <laughs> Barbie and 40X. Barbie and 40X? That'd go hard. You imagine Oppenheimer and 40X. The double the feature. Off, it just <laughs> you just, it fucking throws you into the Shakes air. the whole theater for three minutes straight. <laughs> you did 40X, right, for Top Gun, didn't you? I do. Yeah, we did. Yeah, um... Barbie is getting a bunch of Dolby times, which is kind of fun. That's like fun. that Barbie also gets a premium for one. And then when you, I think that makes it even easier because I'm sure Barbie will also be really successful. It might even be, it might even beat out either of them, but I would, Oppenheimer or both. Yeah, I would um, say, I was going to say, I think Barbie will benefit the most from the memes because that movie will be as cl- closer to what people have been fucking echo chambered to believe it oh, would one, be. Uh, one million percent. Well, yeah. the projections are already showing that Barbie's going to beat up. Because, again, it's been hyped up, like, now as this, like, battle, right? Like, Barbie versus Oppenheimer. There's no doubt in my mind that, especially early on, like... I actually, yeah, I guess when you really think about it, I don't see any way that, like, Barbie and Mission Impossible don't beat out Oppenheimer pretty... Also, Oppenheimer's um, R, which... Oh, Henderson. Not all of his movies have been either. That also is... Uh, mm-hmm. So, three hours... Our, again, biographical. Like, it's just a very different kind of movie. Um, 
but I do think it's especially when you wrinkle that in because I'm sure again Barbie will be great, but I it also probably doesn't need like premium format screens compared to Mission Impossible. Like yeah, if you had to p- tell me like you're gonna see both of those movies, you only get to see one of them in Dolby or RPX or whatever. Yeah. I'm gonna go for fucking Mission Impossible on that. Yeah, for sure. You watch Barbie on like a TV and you probably yeah. get the gist. I'm sure it'll look re- again. I'm sure it look really good. I mean, it seems to have a lot of. They caused the pink paint shortage. A lot of style, to it, did they now? That's what I've heard. Is that like when they make the Barbie town? There's so much pink paint that an international <sighs> shortage happened. Wow, that makes, I, makes and I also I just saw an interview. It was do Barbie stuff um, with uh, Margot Robbie where she was like, "Yeah, I mean, it was Greta Gerwig," and I was like, "I love this script. I'll do whatever you want me to do in this movie. I'll follow your vision." But I ask one thing. Said if in my little dream house I want to slide from my bedroom to the pool and that's all I want in the that's movie good. and she's like apparently Gary was like okay, okay sure man is that all is that your big request <laughs> whatever yeah I can do that I can there's t- a lot of like attention to detail oh yeah in the movie and the, you know, and the way they do it all like it's really it's it's really good it seems really cool I'm not that I'm like a I don't know I never had a Barbie but I do I do think that's cool I appreciate that it it's reminiscent of like the Lego movie. In that kind of way, right? Yeah. Will Ferrell plays an evil businessman. Well, that's it's very reminiscent of that sense, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the idea, like in in all the promo stuff, I I mean, to watch the um, did you see the Architecture Digest? Yes, I did. I did see that enough for that. I watch that. But like, there's all these scenes and stuff, like you know, whether it's the stuff with like the foot or like there's a part in that that where like she just floats from the third floor to her car because mm-hmm. like when you're a kid, you just take her right out of the yeah, house just... into the car and you just place her down stuff like that, which is just like. Yeah, it's just more. There's more to it than they needed to do. It could just easily be like a relatively boring, like a girl named Barbie and she lives in a nice house. But no, it's like this is very much their toys. Their toy. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's but and Ryan Gosling's having the time of his life, just fucking around with well, everyone. No one cares about Ken. It's always gonna be good. Yeah, too many people are you're giving my boy shit. Oh, he's too, too old. It's like you didn't care about Ken. No one cares about Ken. <laughs> That's Ken's whole thing. Uh, Listen, we've all seen. He's Toy got the Kennergy. <laughs> he does have the Kennergy. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. Tom Cruise is always getting into scrapes with people. He can't help. He's crazy. He's a crazy man. He's a crazy. He's, he's an absolutely insane person. He's part of a cult, of a real life cult. Uh, <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? We we love him though, don't we? I mean, you I mean, his teeth are out of sync a little bit. <laughs> you can't stay mad at him, Jack. I mean, you go, oh, I can't stay mad at you. Your oh, Tom Cruise, you did save cinema. Oh, you did make military propaganda again. You made the greatest military propaganda anyone's ever seen. You made you're the reason Ethan Hawke and his brother do their jobs. That's why the first time around, incredible. Well, and again, those movies are dope. I mean, I cannot wait to see the part where he fucking drives a motorcycle off a cliff. And oh, it's gonna be depl- sick as fuck. I mean, come I'm on, I'm gonna go. It's gonna go hard as hell. He's gonna go so hard. I remember, like again, like four years ago now, when on set video of that leaked. Where someone just like camcorded him doing it, and it's just, it's amazing. Oh my god, I can't wait. It's like, it literally, it's just like, what purpose could they possibly have in that movie other than just like Tom Cruise wanted to do the coolest shit you've ever heard of? And you're like, God! But then you remember he's like 5'3, he's the tiniest man you've ever and seen. He's like 55 now. He's just, he's a madman, dude. That's so cool, though. You just drive it off of her, and then you're like, some John Wick shit. I, that's incredible. So exciting. So very exciting. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Jack? I think we'll wrap it up. That's pretty good. We've been going for a while here. Oh, yeah. So we're right right about here. As always, thanks so much for listening. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, if you want to contact us or follow us on social media, you can do so on Twitter at Akatech Jazz. That's Akatech J-A-Z. Uh, you can email us at gmail at akatechjazz at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram at the Akatech Podcast, all lowercase. 
Our intro was my friend of the show, Celery Salt. Um, you can find him on Spotify and SoundCloud. Uh, he's just collaborated with some bands to help them work on an album as like a sound engineer. So that's good. We're proud of him for that. Uh, our logo is my friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it. We produced it. We built all the sets. Say good night to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.